Welcome to Your Music Saved Us, where two friends blast ourselves into the past to relive and recontextualize the alternative Christian music we grew up listening to in the 1990s. But we're not doing that because we're doing something different today as a uh, emergency broad. I don't know. Something happened. Jay, what happened? What happened was one of the musicians that we covered in a previous podcast listened to the episode and wanted to talk <laughs> about it. Right. That's what happened. So we ended up having a conversation with Dan Fritz and his wife, Tara. Dan is the uh, lead singer for Johnny Q Public. Yeah, and we had a really fun time talking. It went much longer than I thought it would. And uh, it was a good time. And um, yeah, I hope you all enjoy listening to it and learning some stuff about Johnny Q Public. I, I definitely learned some stuff I wish I had known yeah. prior to reviewing the album. Of course, yes. I hope you guys like long episodes because this is going to be like three hours long. Um, and if you don't want to listen to the whole thing, that's fine, probably. Yeah. But we had fun conversation. Uh, there's a little bit of drinking, so I don't know. Maybe the end of it's not good. Who knows, uh-huh, right? Right. Um, <laughs> but even after the three-hour conversation, I could still have a long conversation, I think, talking about like digging more in like, the industry type stuff, you know? But yeah, it was a long, fun conversation about... Johnny Q Public about uh, Dan and Tara. They have their own podcast. Talked that about a little about that a little bit, um, and just other random things that came up. And we talked about our podcast a little bit too because they had some questions about uh, what our goals were and that kind of thing with the podcast. <laughs> so all that is discussed here. So enjoy. He says, "There it is. There we are. There you are. There we, we there go. Now? Nice. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Howdy." I was oh, like, I yeah. thought you were asking me what the camera was. I'm like, well, it's our iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> what we use is an iPhone 11. Clifton and Jay, how's it going, guys? Pretty good. How about you? We're good. good. How are you? Good. Fantastic. Where are you guys at? I'm in Texas, Austin, Texas. The home and of Joe Rogan. I'm in Charleston, West Virginia. <laughs> Charleston, wow. West Virginia. Totally yeah. separate from each other. Yes. Uh huh. Oh, okay. Very interesting. <laughs> Yeah, Austin, Texas. I want to go to Austin, Dan. I want to go. I want yeah, to go. We haven't been. like soon. I've been yeah. there, but not with you. I want to go. I'll go now that Joe Rogan's there. Totally. Yep. And yeah. Clifton. And it's Clifton. A, uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very different place every day. It just keeps yeah. growing and changing. Does it? Yes. The Midwest is blowing up right now, man. Yeah. We're in Springfield, Missouri, still. They know that. They know that. I know. <laughs> they research like motherfuckers. We just did a, we do a Monday morning show on our actual podcast this yeah. last Monday. I was making a joke like, my God, they were pulling crap out that like I didn't even remember myself. That blog? And I was like, shit, they're going to find my porn searches. <laughs> <laughs> like, please stop researching. <laughs> No, we, you guys actually had a lot though. Some of these bands, I mean, we yeah. really struggle, uh-huh. you know, because also like the internet wasn't really a thing then, yeah, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we appreciated finding the blog and other things that made it, <laughs> much it was easier. so good. And yeah, by we, the cartoon, I have to say by the cartoon on your, on your podcast, I had you guys switched with uh, your voices. I did too. For I had, some reason, I, had I, you thought, switched. I thought Jay's voice was Clifton's. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yep, totally. Totally. I love that when you hear a radio person or somebody mm-hmm. on a podcast and then you see their actual face, you're like, yeah. no, no, <laughs> no. Or you go, Except totally. every, every once in a while, you're like, yep. Yep, exactly. Yep. <laughs> totally. Absolutely. 
Well, I yeah. don't know if I had anything in particular in mind except just kind of hanging out, just and, hanging uh, and talking, yeah, talking and stuff. I mean, we can we can still go through and and talk about that record and our band and stuff too. But I was almost <laughs> interested also in because it's it's just your podcast in general is one of actually several things like there's been a lot of things come out like all of a sudden in regards of the 90s christian music right. scene <laughs> I, it's fucking weird man it is. it's it like is. um and the culture of it everything yeah. like like uh camps man i listened to a podcast the other day about church camp oh, really holy moly yeah and the dudes were like our age i think you guys are about 10 years younger than me maybe i'm 50. okay yeah i'm 40 yeah and yeah, 41 so yeah. yep um uh, I, i'm 51. she's 51 so uh <laughs> Anyway, I'm, I'm they, proud of that shit. They were yeah. talking about uh, church camp, and I mean, I I just could resonate with everything they were talking about. But their whole take on it was really, really negative. Um, yeah, and I agreed. You yeah, know? like in, <laughs> in the moment, I thought church camp was the greatest thing in the world, and then the way they described it, how you basically you know totally wear these kids out you know it's like there's there's bible studies at 11 at night and then there's morning prayer at 5 a.m uh -huh. and then there's and you go all day long with all these activities and all these church services well by the time it's over mm -hmm. of course you're gonna go forward at the fucking invitation <laughs> because you're exhausted yeah you're just like you're crying everybody is bawling crying yeah well yeah because they're exhausted yeah you go home. it's I've real real culty what what uh it is it, i i've seen it compared like the the i've seen it compared to like boot camp and things like that before you yeah. know where it's like it's des almost designed to like subconsciously or not it's almost designed to like break you down emotionally you know right 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 <laughs> what podcast I mean, was that oh i don't have it off the top of my head yeah I'll maybe try we'll, to find we'll, it. A we'll friend of it. mine sent it to me because she knows my background. She, she's also yeah. a and she's like, "Hey, a, a recovering '90s Christian girl." <laughs> thought uh, <laughs> thought you would appreciate this, and I list. It's like two hours long or some shit, yeah. and it's unbelievable. I'm, um, just, I'm just making a note. So I just, uh, I think the culture is interesting, and listening to you guys do your reviews and stuff is is just kind of it's humorous to me just because of how much I get it. Like I get what you're saying, yeah. you know, like, yeah, yeah, it's hard to explain. Yeah. And it, it's, it's, it, it's weird for us. Cause I mean, and I'm sure you're there too, is that, you know, it's like, I, I grew up in this. And so like, there's a, a huge soft part of my heart for this, you know, but at the same time as you look back on it, like there's some bad parts of that. You know? Oh, <laughs> right, right, right. Yes. So, um, yeah. so I think some of that, some of that think, stuff would be interesting to get into. Yeah. I think we're just, or for me at least, I feel like I'm just now to the point where I can kind of process yeah. a lot of that stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I think I just took a long break from it for about <laughs> 10 plus years, if not more. And finally, I can kind of, like, I can come back to it and look at it with fresh eyes where I could not have done this in, like, doesn't hurt. It doesn't know, hurt 15 as bad. years ago. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. I've been separate from it. And so, you know, right. I can do it. It's amazing how many uh, bars I've been in drinking and everybody at the bar has got a 90s Christian music background. <laughs> wow. Like like not 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 having been in bands, but like right. everybody knows, knows DC Talk, mm -hmm. everybody knows, you know, 
the, the audio adrenaline and newsboys and all that, they all know them. It's like right. the church basically pushed us into the bars. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't even know they were doing it. Huh? I mean, especially in Springfield. I mean, we're yeah. a very kind of, uh, you know, our, our church per capita is like through the roof down here. Right. And so, um, bands like DC talk and Petra and all that, everybody, everybody, everybody knows, knows them. them. I like to say too, there's so many churches that over on I-44, which is the interstate that runs right through here on the mm -hmm. kind of the North edge of town there. If, if you come into town in the city limits, there are two gigantic churches, big ones right across each other on <laughs> I-44. It's like the yeah. battle of the churches. And when you're coming from St. Louis, you see this as one of the first things when you get to, Mo Springfield, you get to Missouri. Springfield, and mm -hmm. it's like, Oh shit! I see what what's happening here. Freaking <laughs> Bible Belt City right here. Oh yeah. my god, it's amazing. And I grew up just just the background. I grew up with no church, like really? none. My dad was a oh wow raised, okay yeah he was raised strict Catholic and and went to Catholic school all boys. And my mother was uh, raised Protestant, which how they got married in the first place in the sixties I have no idea. But yeah, they were both raised very very strict and they rebelled against it in their own way by not giving us, it wasn't atheism, but yeah. it wasn't any church. It was just, right. we're just not doing that. Lack of, none. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. when it comes to 90s Christian, I get all of that from him, yeah. not from him, but he has exposed me to all of it. So I heard some of it. I was, uh, I was with a guy years ago whose son was totally into it. So I heard some DC talk and probably some Johnny Q Public in the bedroom next door, yeah. you know, in the, literally in the 90s. Um, so that's my only Christian music background there is just through osmosis, through people and stuff like that. I'm completely <laughs> secular. I'm like, I've never even sang it. Secular. Secular. The S word. Yeah. Secular. Right. It, it, it is very interesting though. Cause like I, uh, I, I, uh, I, uh, sometimes this, the podcast comes up at work. And so in Austin, there's like, Austin, like, so Jane, Jane and I are both from North Texas. I'm from Wichita Falls, which has about a hundred thousand people. And Jay's from Amarillo, which has about 200,000 people. And my town was, so Wichita Falls, once similarly has a, the church I grew up in was, was First Baptist Church, Wichita Falls, which has a, is giant and it's on the main freeway that goes through town. And, uh, and of course there's a church on every corner, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> and uh, so like, it was kind of ubiquitous, you know? I mean, there were people who weren't into the music side. But they they still knew who like the newsboys were, right? But then I get over here in Austin, I try and I bring it up sometimes. People are like, "What are you talking about?" Huh. Huh. <laughs> it's just completely foreign to. Uh, wow. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. That's that's wild. It's kind of the opposite here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Almost every well, there's a. So there's Dan a... has that. Go ahead. I was Go just going to ask, has that been like weird? So you're you were in Johnny Q Public. You still live in Springfield. Was that like a how was that to still be in the same place and being known for being in this Christian band, but not really having those beliefs now, you know what I'm saying? Like that, yeah. I'm sure that can't, couldn't have been easy. It was not easy. In fact, one of the, um, that was one of my big, big deciding factors about us starting this podcast because, um, we do several different things with the podcast. We do interviews with other musicians and kind of get their story. Then it sort of evolved into a live show we do on Thursday nights. And that was because of the pandemic. Mm. Um, I cuss like a sailor. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, 
I, I'm a I'm a beer bottler's son. Okay, my dad worked at Anheuser Busch in St. Louis my whole life, and so did his brother, and so did his dad. Beer drinking was like we did it on Mother's Day, you know. We did it on Easter. I mean, every holiday was like everyone brings their own case of beer, and uh, it just beer was not like a. It's not a big dark scary horrible thing mm-hmm. i've had it in my life my whole entire life yeah and so i do, i wanted to be genuine one thing about being in the christian music industry is it just sort of by default you almost have to be like not genuine hmm. um in what i mean by that is it, it you know i i remember bumping into a girl you guys would completely know who she is if i said her name but i'm not going to but she is a christian singer and she happened to be playing a place in Springfield one time, uh, and it was uh, it was a bar. The same place Johnny Q did their reunion show in 2015. <laughs> yeah. Just FYI, it was a bar right. called same place. Cartoons, and so I knew her from back in the day because this was only a few years ago. And so I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna go say hi to her." So I went up there and found her, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, what's up?" And we started hanging out, and she's got a coffee mug, and it's full of wine. And so I'm like, are you doing the wine in the coffee cup thing? And she's like, I have to. I have to. I was like, oh, my God. Ew. Just come on. And you've got your big fat Bud Light. Oh, I was just <laughs> I was just pounding them in front of her. But anyway. So we're drinking from a coffee cup tonight. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of time had passed from, like, Johnny Q was kind of done right around 99, 2000, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And then I got into a, a heavy metal cover band. Um, <laughs> we were the one of the first ones to do it around here. It was called Machine Gun Symphony. And we uh, were just going to totally do like butt rock 80s metal stuff. So it right. was Poison, Motley Crue, uh, Bon Jovi, Guns N' Roses. We literally did the wigs, the makeup, <laughs> the spandex we did it all. There's plenty nice. of videos on YouTube. And we started this back in like 2006, 2005, 2006, when nobody was really doing 80s covers, at least yeah. not around here. And we had heard of a band out in LA that was doing it. And we were like, man, this would be hilarious. So we did it just for fun. Well, I was literally in costume. So a lot of people didn't make the Johnny Q connection. Yeah. Um, and you know, it wasn't like we were wildly famous around here, but a lot of people knew kind of who we were. And some of our fans, diehard fans, they knew that Machine Gun was made up half of Johnny Q Public <clears throat> and half a flick, actually. Right. And so uh, when it started, for sure. And it freaking blew up, dude. We played for more people than Johnny Q Public ever played for around here. <laughs> wow. And made more way more oh money. my gosh it was 10 way. 15 bucks to get in and we would pack the place it was like nice. anywhere between three and six hundred people were showing up at oh, wow. every show we played that's a big place and i'll i'm gonna butt in real quick because i was in a cover band at the same time playing almost the same set list pretty much <laughs> but i was throwing in like some girl songs too and and i and we could struggle to get 200 people like 200 people was like oh my god it was a great crowd mm-hmm. but most of our shit was less than that and we're like what the fuck is machine gun doing that we're not <laughs> you know guys. and i'm like i'm the yeah. girl i'm like they, whatever <laughs> yeah i got whatever but no these guys you go to their show wall to wall people shoved against this <laughs> uh, the stage as if they're freaking poison as if they're it was hilarious <laughs> it was crazy in this town and now guess what Every band and fucking covered band in this town does 80s covers. Yeah, no, every band in town does it. <laughs> because of you. 
But anyway, so I did a fine job of tarnishing my reputation by being in that band. <laughs> like, it got around fast that uh, I was not the same guy that was in Johnny Q Public. Um, hmm. But still, even with that, when we started the podcast up, I the thing I hesitated the most about was like, if Johnny Q fans find out that I'm doing this podcast and I talk like this and I have some of the views that I have now and... Mm-hmm and I behave the way that I behave, I was, I still had this residual fear that I was going to get flamed for it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, we had this podcast idea a year before we actually started doing it (laughs) because I was the one waiting. She was kind of like, come on, let's start it. And I was like, "Uh, I don't, as soon as it gets out, you know, and again, I don't think we were big enough for it to be that big of a deal, but it was just all in my head. Yeah. 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 But it was a, it was weird. Yeah. Um, and it's, I, it still happens like, uh, <laughs> it's, it's rare, but sometimes I'll just go fill my car up with gas <laughs> and someone will recognize me from Johnny Q or somebody will recognize me from machine gun symphony. It's like, it's so weird. Yeah. We went to a pizza place the other day and the, our, our waiter came up to our table and he's like, Hey, my manager, wanted me to come ask you something. And I was like, okay, here we go. He's like, did you used to be like in a band or something? And I was like, yeah, Machine Gun Symphony. And he's like, mm, no. Uh. I, th- I think it was like John Q or Q something. I was like, oh my God. Your manager recognized me from Johnny Q Public? Holy crap. That's interesting, yeah. Yeah. The, the nice thing about the 90s probably for most of the most of the guys in, in in the bands of that are in that time is that media was so rare that and pictures were so rare that probably most people can uh go unnoticed these days you know? yeah yeah there is that yeah 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 where is the blonde hair thing I, i've hung out with people um for like a couple of hours like just yeah. a few weeks ago <laughs> we're hanging out and we're watching the chiefs um that's our local crazy. That's football. our yeah. Springfield yep. is Chiefs Nation. Um, even though we're three hours away. Yep. But uh, we were in Kansas City and we were watching football in this guy's garage. He yeah, we were in Kansas City. Yeah. And we're hanging out. There's about ten people there hanging out, hanging out, hanging out, like for a couple of hours. Side note: It was we were staying with Ken. Bassham, the original yeah. bass player that you guys questioned that's whether who's, he existed or not. <laughs> Oh, you there guys! We go. Yeah, you guys are cracking we me were, up about the bass player. Oh, so good, dilemma. So good. But we were staying with him that weekend. Actually, Just, we were we were with him. Side yeah. note: This was his buddy across the street. So we're hanging out for the whole game, like three hour game on TV. We're drinking beers, we're having a good time, and then Ken mentions to some guy like, "Hey, this is this is the singer of John Q. Public," and the guy was like. Oh my God! Total fanboy. Are you serious? Like that's so cool. It's like I've been hanging out with you for the last three hours. Right? You didn't recognize that? <laughs> Went right over his head. Then he got his yeah. phone out and he's looking at Body B video and all that yeah. crap. It was cracking it me was up. It was hilarious. The the Body B video and um, the picture that uh, I'm, I'm looking at my CDs here to see if I can quickly grab the album. I can't. But the, the picture in in the centerfold, you know, of uh, 
of extraordinary is it extraordinary or extraordinary that was the question we had Extra, extraordinary okay. see we did get it right okay <laughs> thus, um, thus the dull artwork just saying <laughs> no yes. we'll get into that I'm later. sorry <laughs> we'll get into that later <laughs> um but that picture is like permanently permanently etched into my mind as as the the quintessential alternative um look right. of the right, 90s right. yeah of the early 90s <laughs> <clears throat> It was that was a good one. It was a good one. I'll be right back. You keep going. But um, so yeah, I don't know. There's been there's definitely been some of that. I haven't gotten much though. Um, I haven't gotten any direct hits. Yeah, like I haven't good. had anyone email me or or you know tell me they're all like bummed out that I don't believe the way I did or mm. I've never had someone actually go there. It I seems think- like anyone. This is why I was starting off the conversation with this. It seems like anyone from that era, they yes. just, oh Wonderful. yeah, there's a yep, that photo. <laughs> Mine's yes. all faded because it hangs in the sun. Um, that jacket is so great. <laughs> yeah. Um, the funny thing, the funny thing about that photo is the, the night before we took it, let me see, I want to. Covered in dust. It hangs on our kitchen wall. Yeah. Our kitchen wall is covered in my shit and his shit. We are the most narcissistic the, people you'll ever know. Oh, yeah. I've got a whole museum of myself in my kitchen. Yeah. Um, my uh, my hair was halfway down my back the night before that photo. Oh, really? Yeah. It was really, really long and really straight. It was huh. like, all the way down to here. That okay. was Johnny Q's original look. And then I was just like, man, I can't do this. I can't commit to being the long hair guy. Right, yeah. Like, <laughs> Because in 95, it was really kind of like, mm-hmm. <laughs> right, there was yeah. long hair guys and there wasn't long hair that, guys. That is very was, true. You know what I mean? And you either just got stuck as being long hair guy or you didn't. And we knew that this photo was going to be for the record. So we went camping. Uh, me and Sean Turner and Ken Bassham and Oren Thornton. We, the, the whole band, I think Brian was, was there Brian? too. Yeah, because everybody was in town because of this photo shoot. Sure. And in the middle of our camping trip, we're sitting out by the fire. I just pulled a pair of scissors out of like a backpack I brought. And I was like, if anyone's going to do it. I had had hair, long, long hair for like mm-hmm. six years. There mm-hmm. is a music video that he did with his first wife, not his sister. Um, <laughs> that, that was our he, other guest, though. <laughs> yes, yeah, it you was. Did, you did good. The, he has this hair that's just billowing like uh, this. Like a lion's mane. Anyway, go ahead. So it was a big deal for me to cut it, but I gave the scissors to the guys. And yeah. all the guys just, I didn't go to a salon or anything like this. I just let them cut it, and we were just throwing my clumps of hair in the fire. And then just however I ended up uh-huh. is what that photo is. So that's why that's... my hair's kind of jacked up looking. And I just kept that cut. I never went and had it cut ever. Right. And just would pull it up when something was long and cut it. And then just... <laughs> Keep going down the road. <laughs> and then the bleach happened later. Yeah. Okay. For the for the video. Yeah. It was funny, well, though. Just a quick side note. We did an interview with Jimmy Fortune from the Statler Brothers because Tara actually toured with them for a while as their oh, opening wow. act. And so uh, we kind of had the hookup with him and called him and see if he would do our show. And he did. And I think towards the beginning of the show, I I called him the Patrick. No, what did I call him? The... Um, yeah, the Patrick, the Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes. I call of him the Patrick the Mahomes Brothers. of the Statler Brothers because he brought the band back to life. 
I was like, the band was dying and you brought them back to life. And he said something like that. And I was like, Oh my God, Jimmy, like that. Mm-hmm. We totally got an email on that. Yep. I don't really appreciate lose using the Lord's name in vain. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I listened to the interview and it was good, but I really wasn't appreciative of you using the Lord's name in vain. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Wait, but right. so when you say fuck and shit and all that, there's no problem, but you said, <laughs> well, Oh my God. Well, and they got upset. Well, I didn't say <laughs> nice. it. I love that. I didn't say it on Jimmy's interview. <laughs> on Jimmy's interview. Okay. And- <laughs> I knew yeah. that Jimmy from the Statler brother, like it, I'm not gonna go there. So right, I totally, there. I cleaned my act up. For- but that was the that was the only thing because she actually said in the email was like your choice of language. Because I might have said damn or shit towards the end, Maybe. just yeah. one time. <laughs> right. It slipped, and right. I got an email on that just yeah. like that. And it was just like, all right, all right, <laughs> okay, sorry. But yeah, if that same lady was deciding to like start binging our podcast she would be very very no she wouldn't get past the first three minutes i think into the past episode (laughs) i did i did listen to the uh to the the recent uh, interview with the uh uh, the guy from petra oh greg yeah yeah. that was a a very interesting uh he he, that guy can tell some stories i know it's good (laughs) it's good yeah i told him towards the end of the interview because they're playing in branson this saturday Saturday. actually two days yeah and we're going to the show and um, classic Petra it's classic resurrection. Petra resurrection. So it's wow. the original members wow. from like Louis the, in the band, the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> Except for Bob Hartman. No, He's not Bob. No, I don't think they get along well with him. But anyway, um, towards the end of that interview, if, I don't know if you heard the whole thing when I said, Hey Greg, you think it would be appropriate if I put together a party bus and we all get <laughs> shit hammered on the way to the Petra show in Branson? I actually said shit hammered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, would it be weird if I show up at the Petra show shit hammered Saturday? And I was like, I can't believe I just said that <laughs> to Greg Volts. Like he was like my hero growing up. <laughs> he did good though. He took it in stride. Yeah, he, he took it yeah. in stride. He wasn't judgy. That's no, nice. he's not. Because he, he hated being judged himself. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it was funny. I think that's probably uh I think, well, Jay and I have talked about that before a little bit on uh, some of the, especially I think maybe the Supertones episode um, where, you know, gr- growing up in the 90s with the, uh, I'm sure, you know, every generation went through it, but uh, the uh, be, being highly judged by the people uh, in, in the church and, and kind of the, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the difference between like, this guy's a shitty person, but we'll, we'll put up with them. But are you wearing sandals? We need to talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> You're right, right. Let's just pick one thing. The stuff yeah. that was problems. I remember yeah. my youth leader when I first got my ears pierced. Um, he called me into his office at church. Mm-hmm. And he was having this real condescending talk to me and going on and on and on. And then at one point in the conversation, he taps his own earlobes and he goes, I just don't understand this. And I wow. was like, what the fuck, man? Like, Okay. Oh my god. I just I, I just, just don't understand mm. this. Yeah. So uh, that's one thing that that's one thing that I was very curious about is whether or not you grew up in 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 a youth group type type situation. I um mm. I kind of got the 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 classic Christian uh testimony. Yeah. So my dad working at Anheuser-Busch and my whole family working at Anheuser-Busch uh to just make a long story short made for a bit of a bumpy childhood. Okay, so there was um, a lot of drinking, uh, some some 
just stuff that yeah. was like uh, not not awesome, not awesome. Yeah. Um, and then our neighbor invited us to go. We had no church background, not not really at all. My mom kind of dabbled in the Catholic church a little bit, but she mm -hmm. was kind of born and raised in Massachusetts. That's very Catholic. Up she there. was very young. And she was she very was young when she dad. got 16 married to my dad and stuff like that. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Super young and uh 17, I think, but, mm. um, but moved in. Whatever. So it was not a Christian background whatsoever. No grandparents in it. Nothing like that. So it was totally brand new to us. A neighbor, um, who we had become great friends with, he was going to church at a little Baptist church just up the road from us, a neighborhood Baptist church. They were getting ready to go on like a youth mission trip, one of these things. And part of the like requirements for going on the mission trip, you know, was to invite people to church. So, and you kind of <laughs> had to try to get X amount of people to come to church. That was part of your points that you got for <laughs> being able to go on this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, so. <laughs> you know what I mean. He invited our family and because we had gotten such good friends with him, we all went. So we gave him like five. We were just going to help him out for this point based system thing. So five of them, which was my mom and dad, my older brother, me and my younger brother, all five of us went and um, just to get him his thing. And then freaking it almost it didn't happen that day. But I mean, we went back again the next week and it wasn't for the points. It was just <laughs> because kind of liked it, kind of went again. Yeah. My mom and dad got saved. My brother got saved. I ended up getting saved. My younger brother came a little bit afterwards, all within a matter of a few months. And uh, my grandfather, which was my dad's dad, he passed away in the middle of this whole thing. And that almost kind of threw fuel on the fire. So <laughs> we all of a sudden out of nowhere, were like super Christian family. How old were you at this time? I was like, it was like in, I was like 12 or 13, somewhere okay. around there. Um, this is somewhere around 83, 82, 83, 82 or 83. And we weren't super Christian. Like we were super holy. I mean, my dad was still wild dude and still drank, um, just for mm -hmm. a little bit. He actually quit drinking, uh, after a while, but yeah, he still kind of had the same kind of personality, but he started reading Christian books and reading the Bible and getting into Bible study and became a deacon and the whole <laughs> nine yards, the same he guy, the same guy that invited us to that church, uh, for that youth mission trip thing. He played Petra for me for the first time. And it was like, um, uh, more power to you okay. somewhere around yeah, more power yeah. to you or not of this world. And I about shit my pants. I just was like, this <laughs> is just amazing. I loved it. I was 12. I was just, I mean, just the artwork. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is just the best thing ever in the world. And then um, I got well, into were, Petra. Were you already into other music at that point? Like secular music? Um, yeah, my, my brother and I, my brother's five years older than me. So he was, I kind of looked up to him, you know, he was my big brother. We were listening to like Ariel Speedwagon. Um, <laughs> we were kind of in that side of that sort of stuff. Oak Ridge Boys. Um, well, that's sort of different. My, <laughs> we kind of listened to Oak Ridge Boys some too, but I mean, as far as like <laughs> pop rock music, we, Ariel Speedwagon, uh, Super Tramp, um, even, uh, uh, Oh, three lock box, um, sang for Van Halen. Uh, oh, uh, fucking, I can't drive. Sammy Hagar. Yeah. Sammy Hagar. Yeah. Uh, we were in the music kind of like that. So the Petra 
the Petra thing sort of fit because it wasn't like that big, heavy, distorted, mm-hmm. you know, heavy metal stuff. It was, it was kind of that clean shit. Clean like, and yeah. crisp and awesome. Yeah, like Kansas. Oh. Right. You know, like going from Kansas to Petra was not a giant transition. <laughs> right. Right. It, it kind of felt like, oh, yeah, you know, super great harmonies and high voice singing. Love it. <laughs> and so I got obsessed with Petra. And I was playing, I just took piano lessons in like elementary school. I wasn't really in a band. I didn't play guitar. I didn't sing. I didn't mm-hmm. do none of that. But Petra was kind of the one thing that made me start thinking about like being in a band hmm. and wanting to learn how to write songs. And yeah. so I started taking two different kinds of piano lessons. I had classical and then I started taking piano lessons from our church piano player who just taught me how to chord. So it wasn't reading music or anything. It was just courting and praise practical. songs, actually. Yeah. Practical, yes. Yeah, real practical mm-hmm. playing. And that's when I started to figure out writing kind of my own songs. Hmm. Which, interestingly, you guys would get a kick out of, um, which uh, another comment you made in your podcast, which is funny, but um, there's a riff in Body B that mm-hmm. I wrote when I was like 12, 13 on the piano and it's that I wrote that when I was like 13 when we were in the band whatever 10 years later we're just struggling like oh we need a different song we need a different song and I was like there's this thing I did on piano when I was like 12 it's kind of stupid and I don't know and Oren kind of took it and we brought that riff in, and mm-hmm. the whole entire song was built off of that riff. But it was too chuggy for Clifton. Yeah, Clifton. Yeah, I don't like chuggy. chuggy. <laughs> that's my. That's my. No, taste. what I what I thought was hilarious is they both kind of liked Body B, right? But they just couldn't oh, help moving on just, from it without saying something uh, shitty about it. So then, so then, Clifton, so here's what here's what he comes up with. Clifton goes, you know what? I think it was Clifton. You know, if you listen to the song without the singing, it's really boring. <laughs> that was I'm definitely like, Clifton. Well, every fucking song is boring without the singing. God, that's a stretch. Because you're going to hear kung, 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 Both yeah, of them are like, kung, kung, I kind of like it. I kind of like it. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're actually going to like one. And then he's like, well, I mean, it is boring without the singing. And the J, J I could hear you just go... <laughs> Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, you're right. That was hilarious. I've done that to him. Like, he like, says something, it, and I'm just like, okay. Is any song good without the singing? Some. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> what, like a Rush song? Body B, though, is a good song. I think, I think. Yeah, I will. I, I, Body B holds up. We, we still yeah. do enjoy that song. Yeah. <laughs> right. you yeah. Know. It's funny. Hey, they were on MTV. They were. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, you guys are good sports. Thank you. <laughs> that was that's one of the messages. It's one of the messages that that Dan aggressively sent me on, on yeah. Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're we're good sports. I I get shit all the time because on our podcast I always mention touring with the Statlers, and he always mentions being on MTV. So people make fun of us. Yeah, oh, it's... you toured with the Statlers, and I. You know what I do? I rebut and I go. Did you? Right. It's great. Yeah. Fair. Did yeah. You? yeah. Like, were you on MTV? Right. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. I. Oh, it's, it's hilarious. my claim to fame, damn it. Yeah. It's yeah, but I think, in, in as much as as we kind of made fun of that because it is a little, it's a little tropey, but um, it's great. I love it. Um, but 
that's something unique about 90s music that, you know, 80s Christian music was a thing, you know, rock music, I'll say. Um, but when it came to the 90s, there are just so many, like, I don't know what it was, but there's so much stuff happened all of a sudden. And all of a sudden there was just like, it only lasted about a decade, you know, by, by 2002, it was, it was kind of over. But yeah. all of a sudden there were just all these rock and alternative bands that were just putting out great music, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and some of it was not great. That's fine. You know, but, but there's just so much good music that came out on, you know, even as much as fun as we want to make in front of the newsboys, you know, but that's, that's good music, you know, I yeah, mean, most right? of it, <laughs> you yes, know, so it's just this weird, really weird thing that I, it, it's culturally, I don't think other generations have that to look at. And, that, and that's kind of one of the things I think is, is kind of weird about our, our youth, at least, you know, is that looking back on that there, there was just like this weird, perfect storm that came that happened in the 90s where we had all this weird you know not traditionally church music christian right. music that was just and tara and i have talked about it it seems like a clean sweep of all of it not just christian 90s mm -hmm. in general like 90s in general pop music was good in the 90s That's rock true. Rock music was good in the 90s. I did nothing but country in the 90s, and it yeah. was awesome. It country was music true. had its awesomeness. You know, yeah. it's like, of course, a lot of people still love the old school guys, but and now it's kind of gotten this bro country thing. But 90s right. still kind of, I mean, there's some Shania Twain shit I can but dance around the room to. Man. The when, nice I did, when I sang Any Man, my, Any Man of Mine at a bar yeah. in <laughs> Omaha, Nebraska, on the bar, walking across there with my half shirt, people went, fucking nuts the 90s country was awesome yeah it just seems like a lot of music was good um yeah back then and i don't know i agree even 90s country the nice thing about 90s country is you had kind of like your george Strait, your older your older you know your yeah. older country yeah. kind of still there while garth brooks was coming about you know and yep. so it was just right. that's kind of the, the unique thing about 90s country is that you know so that's what that was good and but sorry back to what i was saying about the mtv thing is that a lot of that Christian music, although it got written off, I think commercially and, and a lot, it Body Beat deserved to be on MTV. You know, right. yeah, probably, it was probably, cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, probably a lot more deserved to be on MTV. But the fact that you guys made that happen is, or or you know, is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It felt like so much hope. It just felt yeah. like we were going to usher in, like all of us. You know, <laughs> and we were well, we were being told that. Yeah, we were being told that uh, music's going to make a Christian shift, mm -hmm. and Johnny Q Public's going to be kind of the uh, the Gandalf of this shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, uh, and then Jars of Clay passed us up. But oh, anyway, yeah. right? we, we were supposed to be the ones to kind of help everybody cross that secular line, you know. Mm -hmm. And then it just it just didn't work that way uh, yeah. for whatever reasons. But. Um, it, it kind of had that feeling and mm -hmm. it's been funny to me to talk to some other people though, even like Greg Volts or even in our interviews um, with anybody that we talk to in our podcast, mm -hmm. everybody kind of has that thing that they, uh, they just will not shut up about. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, I toured with John Q, uh, John Mellencamp one time. Right. I, you know, I was, I didn't, but I'm saying somebody will be talking to me like, and every single time you talk to him, it's like, well, I mean, I played with, Mellencamp, you know, yeah. for like six shows. I play, and there's they're like sixty years like, old, holding on to and it. they're still talking about playing with Mellencamp for for six shows. It's like 
us musicians, I don't know if we're just so infatuated <laughs> with ourselves or what it is, but it seems like we all latch onto something. Well, that's why, that's kind of why our podcast was called Unsung Dreamers, because mm-hmm. there, we have lived that life, just like the paragraph that you read on, uh, on that episode. We, we have lived that, we almost, almost <laughs> got there, you know? And I had a thing when I was, when I was with the Statlers, they were pitching me to record labels and all of this, and we just, I just, I just missed it, mm. you know. Yeah, that's but how I, Reba got started. Reba McIntyre got started opening for the Statlers. Yeah, oh. and yeah. so yeah, so they were telling Tara like, "You're going to be the next Reba," mm-hmm. right? And, and it just and I had didn't three work. or four la- labels watch, look at me and all this, all this other stuff. But but it was just like we have reached that little thing. You were on MTV. It's just like ah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so at 50 now, we're sitting there just going, yeah, you're damn right. I'm going to talk about that all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fair. I mean, it's it's, it's a formative experience, you know. It's, it, yeah, hey, it's funny. Side, side note, but your, your discussion is making me think of this. Have you two seen the movie Electric Jesus? <laughs> no. Uh-uh. Okay, it, you have to so watch this. It. Yeah, it, um, it just came out. To, I, I rented it on Amazon Prime. Um, I think it's on some other services too. Uh, it's um, basically about this fictional Christian band called 316 that is kind of like a striper ripoff, I guess. Mm-hmm. And this is the summer of 1986. It's it's a it's a movie. Right. It's a film, and it's just kind of about their journey of trying to get signed and all that. But it's so true to the Christian world at the time, like. <laughs> Yeah. You know, Daniel Smith from Daniel Sun, he did all the music behind mm-hmm. it. It's like got all these re- like every band they referenced was actually a real Christian band. So if you, oh. you, you know, you'll be like, oh, oh wow. damn. And like, like they, <laughs> nice. they play some striper songs in it and everything. Like, I think you guys would really enjoy would it. Clifton and I just watched totally. it. It's yeah, you, uh, yeah. it's. That's not something like I would love. I wrote it down. You'd like it a lot. Yeah, that I think is so. Cool. What is, I was curious even too, just to kind of get some of your guys' story Yeah, we haven't done that yet. I background. Do that. Like, are, are you born, bred, Christian, church, all that, still in it, not in it? What's your stories? Jay, you want to go first? Yeah, um, so I I grew up in the church, Um I don't have a good a story as you do, Dan. It was just, I grew up, <laughs> parents were Christian. I was raised in the church. I probably went three times a week. Um, and I was into it, especially like middle and high school. Like I loved youth group. That was kind sure. of more my yeah. social thing than even stuff in high school. Yep. Um, you know, and so, and I came, you know, I'm born in 1980. So I kind of came of age in the 90s. Um, as a teenager and that's as we were talking about that's when this music just exploded mm-hmm. um and i finally got my dad and some of his some other dads to take a group of us to cornerstone in 1996 oh. and i thought like i thought like oh my god this is the greatest thing on right. planet earth like it just <laughs> blew my you? mind yeah i was probably um, there that year yeah you were probably i probably i don't even that's hard to remember because i went multiple years after that but maybe right. yeah right, and it right. was um and I, you know, I'm from like a, a city, probably actually we met similar size, maybe to Springfield, the city in Texas, but it's, it's so far removed. We would never get, especially Christian bands right. through there mm-hmm. like that, aside so, from like maybe newsboys or something. Remind me where you're from. Which I'm from Amarillo, about? Texas. Amarillo. It's on, um, I, I, yeah, my touring band. It's played. on Interstate 40. You probably, yeah, yeah, yeah driven yeah, through I there. there. I played there. Um, but we would never, so I, but I would never see stuff like that's more alternative Christian. So going right. there blew my mind. Um, and so. Clifton and I met in college. We went to Texas A&M. Um, 
and kind of connected. I don't know if we connected on Christian music at first or not, no. but some kind of music that we liked and then realized we kind of had a very similar upbringing. <laughs> um, for me in my 20s, I feel like I shed it, like not while I was at college. In fact, in some ways I got more religious at, at, during college. But after that, in my 20s, I feel like I was able to shed a lot of that. In fact, Clifton and I actually both moved to the Czech Republic for a little bit. We taught oh English gosh. there. And that was like, Clifton, I, we, Clifton and I have not really even probably reflected on this together, actually. But Clifton, I feel like that was such a positive <laughs> thing for me to to be away from like American Christian culture because <laughs> it, it like that was the break I needed to kind of step out and think on my own and <laughs> decide like what I really believed and what I didn't and all this stuff. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that was kind of really beginning of me kind of shedding a lot of it. And then I've been I'm grateful. I've, I you know, I've told you now I'm in Charleston, West Virginia. I've moved a few times since then um, because of work and my wife's job and stuff. And so being away from it all has really been helpful because I haven't had that pressure of like, you know, being home, these expectations, people you grew up with around you and all that stuff. And so, yeah, I, I'm now probably just comfortable saying agnostic. Like, I'm just kind of like, yeah. I don't know, but it, but it took a while. And that's the only reason I feel like I can do the podcast now is because I've had that gap, um, probably a good, like 15 years of really, you know, thinking about it. Do I believe this? Do I not? Where now I can come back to this stuff and kind of go, Oh yeah, I really like that song, but those lyrics are fucked up. You know, that kind <laughs> right. of and you grew up. Some of this. Yeah. yeah. Right. And you grew up. Right. Do you, do you still have though, because, uh, me and my brothers, when we get together and, I don't know, hanging out, hanging out around the fire or something like that. We go ape shit to spin that old stuff. I mean, yeah. we, <laughs> oh yeah. Phil, Phil Driscoll. Oh my gosh. We loved him. Even some Amy Grant stuff and Sandy Patty when she gets all high on, <laughs> they could not, they could not. Oh, we're like bawling, crying, just loving it. Just give me another beer. We love it. So I don't know if you guys look back on it. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, it, it kind of sounds, I haven't listened to every episode, but it yeah. it sounds like you kind of shit on everybody's records. So it's like, I, <laughs> I don't- I listened to clips all day today. So I don't know oh, if you're, not- <laughs> I don't know if you're actually like, like if it, if that time frame of your life actually sort of bothers you or if you actually do look back on it fondly and you're just kind of being- fun and humorous and critical and all that kind of stuff is fun because it's entertaining it is, yeah. it is entertaining it is and the entertaining research too. the research you do is is awesome but i don't know if you actually really are bothered by some of it like it was a scarring thing or do you look back on some of this stuff like you're fond of it like regardless of what you believe now I think when it's I both. Play, yeah, when, it's I, right. when I play some Petra, like, praise ye the Lord. I'm We're going like, to the show yeah, Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wouldn't care if I was a Satanist. I'd still be like, praise ye <laughs> the Lord. <laughs> Shit's awesome. Yeah. You know, because it was it was that formative years kind of mm-hmm. thing for me. You know, I'm not that much older than you guys. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I, you know, I think for me, it's both. Right. There's there's a lot of scars from back then. Definitely. But at the same time, like I said, like we wouldn't do this podcast if we weren't celebrating these bands at the same time. Sure. Some, you know? sure. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's a lot of time. We invested. hear that. We yeah. Hear that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Which is yeah. great. Yeah. And, and I, so I took it that way. Like even as far as the John Q stuff, I still took it that way. No matter what was said, I, I thought it was great that we were even one of the ones. Being <laughs> yeah, reviewed. for sure. Yeah. I mean, um, 
I think, but but hearing how much research you guys kind of do and your notes and and the way you kind of really cover quite a few things, it's like you there's got to be some kind of a hat tip for you yes. to even put that much work into it. You know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I think I can say for both Jay and I that, that that you know the the extraordinary is especially is a was a formative album for both of us. For example, you know? <laughs> um, I mean that that album was was very important to our musical journeys, even though we probably didn't know at the time, right? You know, right, right. Um, but but it's it's all of these all of this music is important to us. In fact, I I got a a message on Facebook a a, a week or two ago that said just like. Um, I listened to one episode. I enjoyed the podcast, but I can't listen anymore because you guys are too negative. Right. And, and in, in fact, the response I sent was, then you definitely shouldn't listen to the Johnny Q Public episode. Yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it the only one you put the warning on? No. <laughs> no. Okay. No, don't. Right. You should definitely not listen to the pocket change one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's <laughs> some way you think Johnny Q Public was bad. There's yeah. some real bad. But I, I feel like we try to find that balance because there's definitely stuff that we like in every album you know mm -hmm. still and there's mm -hmm. some stuff we appreciate um we just did curious fools um mm -hmm. who I, I always label mates with you guys actually yeah. um yeah. i forgot yeah. back in the day and like clifton and i neither one really are into that now and i don't think we had a ton of positive things but honestly lyrically some of the stuff they were doing we still thought was good yeah. you know there, yeah. we, there yeah. were some positive points still but that's so like Curious Fools are, are good. Like they're they're good artists. You they know? were talented. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. definitely very talented. Yeah. They were. I remember when they were first starting, and we were all hanging together quite a bit. They were. They scared us a little bit because they were. Um, they were not cut from the Christian cloth. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> no, I can no. see that. They, that's they were kind of like the uh, the the black sheep of the Christian industry. You know, they started their own uh, record label called yeah. Via. Via, yeah, right, yeah, Via Records. And um, when they would show up at the GMAs, it was totally just like, oh, Via's here. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, they were. It was funny. It was actually funny, and partly they were doing it partly to be funny, I think. But you know, they would show up like in limos, like when. Like the president of like Forefront Records like showed up in his Ford Escort. You know, these guys would <laughs> right. get like a stretch limo and they'd get out with all these rings. It's like Via Records, Christian record label. It was, I liked them. I loved uh, uh, Curious Fools because of their like not give a shit attitude. You like that, yeah. yeah. It was it was funny. Just for clarity, GMAs is like the equivalent of the CMAs or yeah. the Grammys. I'm sure they know. Or, yeah. uh, it's the gospel saying, music. For, for gospel music awards, yeah. Well, for anyone for listening, listening, it's yeah. the Dove yeah. Awards, yeah. 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 And it's Dove a whole week-long, it's a week-long thing before the Just actual like award show. any oh, wow. award show, yeah. Yeah, so there's bands playing in all these clubs and there's uh, conferences and there's radio stations that are going to meet with. And there are after parties. Yeah, after parties too. Okay, it is interesting. Huh. Jay, so, did you get into any music? Did I like playing music? Yeah, like do you? Yeah, play no. Or write I or? mean, no. I mean, I was in band and like I know how to play piano, but no, I was never really a musician, just a fan. But your, what is your kind of, you know, your, what do you do? Oh, oh, like job. I'm a teacher. Teacher. What do you teach? I teach eighth grade social studies. 
Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. How oh, are you really? struggling these days? Holy it's, shit. It's, it's terrible. Holy, I really wow. enjoy doing this podcast. It gets, it gets my mind off of it. Dude. I told Clifton the podcast was a highlight of my year, man. How the been awful. hell you Oh my God. Middle uh-huh. school social studies right yeah. now. It's bad. Um, is that what you studied in uh, like at college? Like literally teaching or was it English or was it? Uh, so I, I you're very is, this... lyric focused. So I'm wondering, I'm trying to dig in to find out. Oh, that's funny. To... That's hilarious. I feel like normally yeah. when Clifton and I talk, I'm not usually, but um, I, I've been trying, I've been working on it for the podcast, but uh, oh, I no, I, I studied sociology. I honestly had no idea what I wanted to do. And um, after getting out, like I said, we went to Prague and I taught English there. And then I was like, oh, I kind of like teaching. So I came back and got certified to teach. And oh, I got you. I finally got, you. got my act together and, you know, very cool. Got a job cool. and all that stuff. So, cool. yeah. You look, you look well read. Well, thank you. They, they've not all been read. Library. I have a, I've got a book collecting problem you know they're not right. all being read but i'm you know, kind of the same like way to buy yeah. them at least so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're audiobook people but so yeah. anyway um clifton so we got jay's early years i want to oh, yeah. hear clifton's early years and Clifton and looks this. like he it might was... still be involved in music a little bit yeah. maybe you think there <laughs> might be what's actually what's actually funny is everything in his camera shot there is this type of stuff some of it's literally <laughs> The stuff that was played on Extraordinary. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> used orange amps. Yep. yep. Nice. There's some Marshalls. There's and those fenders stuff. are looking pretty. Yeah, tasty. I got my jazz masters behind me. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yep. 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 Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, so I grew up in the church. Um, in fact, my parents did not go to church um, when I was young, but they they got kind of sucked into First Baptist Wichita Falls um, because they had a volleyball, um, like league like the whole church was its own league like a lot of small churches have leagues together like this church was big enough it had its own league to, like in itself for volleyball <laughs> yes for for different for, teams in the same yes, church yes. that played against each other wow yes. adult volleyball yes wow. um and and it was just kind of a social thing at first and so that's you know that's how my family got involved in church and so I grew up in it, you know, uh, uh, you know, rural ambassadors, right, RAs, um, you know, and in, 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 in when I was younger, spent all the time at church, and, and our church was huge, so we had, like, literally we had, like, a bowling alley and a gymnasium and pool Oh, tables. shit. So, like, right. just there all the time, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> like, birthday parties were at the church, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's safe. It's safe. It is. It's ever You know people? Yes. Yeah, yep. And so grew up like that, you know, and then in, in, in the youth group, you know, um, you know, I was, I think I was saved around like nine or 10, you know, um, and then in the youth group, you know, I, I never considered myself a social person, but youth group, I, I loved youth group, right? Like that's, that was my, my, my socializing, right? Um, and my friends there, and especially, you know, the music was very important because it was kind of, you know, I, I, I was never part of like the the cool kids, you know, because we already had, we always had, like, me and my friends always had different tastes, you know, um, so that was always very important, was, was, was that the music part of it was a kind of a center point for all of us, a way to come together and have, like, a, a shared culture, right, you know, um, and then went off to college, uh, as Jay mentioned, we, we met uh, because of, I think, just to Brazil, actually, Jay, um, I figured it was probably some emo band that we yeah. liked at the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, yeah. So the the uh, the the university had like a shared uh, network, and you could see other people's computers, and so we all shared music on there, and and people would like oh, leave little wow people would yeah. like leave little text documents on their folders yep. and say, hey, call me at this number if you want to hang out, you know. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you like Literally, this band, right? <laughs> yeah, this is fall of ninety nine. Yeah. yeah. So it's like there's oh, internet, God. but not right. Not exactly. Yeah. 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 So, so uh, and then after after that, you know. Um, as, as Jay mentioned, I, I went off and worked for a couple of years and then we moved to Prague and Prague was very like, I, so I, I've always had, um, anxiety issues and they've been kind of very formative for me, you know, over the years and kind of what, what Prague did for, did for me was it gave me that time away from everything I grew up in to figure out what was like, what was culture and what was you know, like, like what parts of me and what part of what I believed were, were just the cultural surroundings, you know, and it gave me a chance to like sort my anxieties from what I actually believed. Does that make sense? Yeah, uh-huh. no, no, I get and, it. Yeah. Yeah. And so at, at, that, at that time, I kind of, I kind of just decided to put, set church aside, kind of just put it over here and not think about it for a while, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, over the years, I, I just, I consider myself an atheist now. Like, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, actively have a belief that there is a god so that's that's where i am now but but you know like i said it's i don't think i would change the way i was raised or or you know so it's very interesting jay considers himself agnostic you Mm -hmm. consider yourself atheist Mm -hmm. that's very very interesting (laughs) yeah i mean i don't i don't know i haven't thought about that adds even more depth when i listen to your podcast (laughs) Well, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I, I don't, I've never thought about putting a label on myself. Yeah. Um, I'm totally agnostic, but right I'm, now. I'm searching, but I'm, I'm definitely not, searching. I'm definitely not what I was in the mid nineties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, right. I still really am very spiritual. I, I still, I, I still oh, believe in some of these like amazing stories. Mm-hmm. I, I maybe believe more in the universe than I do quote unquote God. I mean, yeah. I, so to say there's not a God, it's... I call him Cupcake. I mean, well, it just doesn't... <laughs> that's the thing, is it doesn't matter, you know, I think sometimes him. even giving God a name, uh, strangely, <laughs> is weird. If, yeah. if, if there is some kind of a creator of the whole universe, right? I, I don't know why we are so small in what? our minds that we have to give him a name. Yeah. Like, well, it's right. God. Yeah. It's like, well, hell, you're... It, I don't know. I guess that's just human's way of trying to uh, put understanding on something that is we so not understandable. Exactly. You know? uh, no matter just the universe in general, whether you believe a God created it or not, is just like, dude, there there just has to be something. I just don't know for sure what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is when I, when, when I say I'm an atheist, like what I, I literally what I said was. I don't actively believe there's a God, right? Like I don't live like there's a God. That's what I mean by sure, right, right. Sure. Yeah, I can't go to church. I mean, I can't even yeah, think fair. about it. I've I've had some people say <laughs> things like, "Oh man, you know, do you still go to church, brother?" And I'm like, yeah. uh, "Just brother is a trigger word." For me. <laughs> right. <laughs> don't call me brother. All right. Don't say you're praying for me. Just mm-hmm. stop mm-hmm. with all that stuff. Yeah. But um, but at the same time, I kind of really love just you know trying to trying to maybe still make a difference, trying to make people yeah. laugh, <laughs> try to be there for people if I need to be or, mm-hmm. or have some 
uh, spiritual advice if I have any, or I'm open to getting spiritual advice. I'm still mm-hmm. all into that kind of stuff, but I definitely, uh, my, my vehicle is not a church anymore. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Not yeah. an organized <laughs> church. And, and, and you know, Go ahead. Oh, so I, I was going to say, you know, that your your kind of uh, point there about putting a name on God is kind of, I think, where a lot of the the scars come from, right? Is it's it's a, it, and I don't want to say it's organized religion because that's you know that's a that's kind that's of a, typical. Yeah. yeah, even that's tired. That's easy. right. But you know, like when I was going through my anxiety issues as, as at like eighteen, nineteen, you know, when they were like, I was literally like couldn't get off the floor because of my anxiety issues, you know. My parents didn't say, hey, let's go to a doctor. They said, hey, I'm going to call the pastor. Right, right. And the pastor told me to believe harder. Right. You know? Right. That's... What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> yes, that's right. damaging, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's all on me? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm 12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's what I, I made a joke earlier about being at the bar with all the 90s Christian kids. <laughs> um, but... But there is like some validity in that. Yeah. Uh, it's like it was so good for a few years <laughs> and then it just was so shitty. And yeah. now you've kind of left us n- n- not right. There was like no resolution. There was no closure. There was no it just was like, hey, here's everything amazing. And then all of a sudden worship bands started getting popular. And I'm like, what oh, the right. hell? I mean, everything, one of the, <laughs> this shit all sounds the same. Yes. Like yeah. I, there is like t- the top 25 Christian acts right now in the Christian music industry. They all sound the same because they're just doing praise music. Yeah. Literally praise music. Yeah. Thanks newsboys. I know. Yeah. I know. So <laughs> it started with Petra praise. That's oh, where it started. Yeah. 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 But anyway, it, it just seems like all everybody poof went away. The mm-hmm. uh, tooth and nail was gone. Uh, bands like us were gone. Yeah. You know, DC Talk broke up and the whole <laughs> world fell apart. It's DC Talk's fault. It's DC Talk's fault. It probably is. It probably is. Yeah. Explain them. I actually you. said one time, you guys would appreciate this, when we were playing GMAs, we were talking earlier about GMAs, throughout the whole week before the Dove Awards, like I say, different record labels would do takeovers mm-hmm. of different bars down on Broadway. This was back when Broadway was kind of dead. Uh, literally, we're talking Nashville for Literally almost boarded up dead now it's like it's one of the most hopping it's like yeah times square down there now this is in nashville but um so anyway record label christian record labels would do takeovers of these places so that they would have a venue to showcase their bands all throughout the week so we played in this really cool club that was actually put inside of a church i can't even remember what the name of it was inside a church well it was a it was a cathedral kind of church and they had turned it into a bar (laughs) and goatee records took that bar over and all of ours all of us played there so when we got up on stage i actually said from stage i can't even believe i did this toby's wife i think still hates me to this day (laughs) i got up on stage and this was when cell phones were just breaking this is like they were just breaking that they were just little flip phone type things right. and or the Nokia or everybody right. had the you Nokia. had to still yeah, yeah, pull, yeah. <laughs> you had to still pull the antenna out in order to actually even talk it was even pre Nokia oh really oh yeah Ooh. this is when it was first happening and so it was like a cultural it was like a thing like mm-hmm. when we went there 
a lot of people in Nashville had them. A lot of people in Springfield still didn't even have cell phones. <laughs> so I said from stage, like, I would like for everybody here to silence your cell phones uh, while we <laughs> play our show. Yeah. And it was just kind of like a blah, 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 mumble, uh, mumble. And I was like, oh, I know. If Toby would just silence his, I'm sure the entire city of Nashville will be silenced <laughs> simultaneously. And I thought it was hilarious. It's pretty funny. And he was there. He was there. His wife was there. It was a goatee record thing. Speaking of DC talk, how much like, how much loathing do you have in your heart because they put out Jesus Freak the same year that Extraordinary came out? It's hilarious. I, I have double loathing because all the guitar parts on Jesus Freak was our guitar players. It was Oren. Yeah, it yeah was I knew it. Was right. Okay. It was Oren and Sean. Oh, They're the I, ones that played the guitar parts. They recorded that song a mile away from where we were recording. We were recording Extraordinary. They were recording Jesus Freak. <laughs> and Toby and Joe Baldridge wanted to use Oren and Sean to do the guitar parts of that song. Mm -hmm. And then it all came out at the same time. Mm -hmm. And, of course, they swept all the Dove Awards. And the we, Dove Award right. goes to. We were nominated. Johnny right. Key Public was nominated for five Dove Awards uh -huh. that year. And we didn't win one single one, one of them. Not mm -hmm. one. In the CCM charts, we... <laughs> were number just, two just right there. and Jesus Freak was number one. Fucking Jesus Body Freak. B was number I still have the fucking magazine. It's got DC Talk, <laughs> Jesus Freak, number one, and Body B never made it above number two. Yeah. Uh, okay, like, so while while we're talking shit on DC Talk, um, <laughs> Clifton and I were, so we're trying to do a Christmas, I'll get to my point, but Chris, Clifton and I were trying to, we're trying to do a Christmas episode. And so, we were trying to like find think of stuff that'd be funny, and I don't know if you've seen this. Says yeah, that's how it's going. There's this really terrible Christmas Christian rap oh, album oh called Yo my Ho gosh. Ho, and I'm yeah. talking like maybe what clip to 1990, 1991. No, it's 89. Oh, oh shit! Okay, it doesn't even count. Hold it up again. 90s when it came out, but it was recorded in 89. Okay, hold it up, put it up again. Put it up again. Clifton, hold it up again. Your Clifton. screen was now. Say yeah. something. So say it switches something to so your it screen. Hello, 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 hello. There it is. Oh, there it is. So DC Talk's song on that, um, I listened to just briefly thinking, like, could we do an episode about this? And it is it is so terrible. And so what I, I guess my question I'm wondering, is, and I'm thinking about Jesus Freak, because people still kind of regard that album. Like Pitchfork even recently did like a review on Jesus yeah, Freak. Redid, like, yeah. yeah, and said, like, this was not a bad album, even though it's in the Christian scene and stuff. But I guess I'm listening back to that and thinking like, okay, how much of their music did they actually write? Like, was this just all like, was there just a lot of money behind this and producers and people in the studio kind of crafted this for them? Or did they actually have this vision? I, it, you, I mean, you got it. They, they came a long way. It, yes. it, if they did on their own, they came a hell of a long way. <laughs> right. <laughs> I uh, I don't I don't I don't know if I can answer on the inner workings of their actual songwriting, but I do have a story. <laughs> I do have a story that you guys would probably appreciate uh, in lieu of answering this question of yours. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, because I do think that, especially Toby, I mean, I think all of them were pretty heavy-handed in writing. Okay. Now, whether they actually played instruments, I think Toby was more that kind of guy that could get into a room of musicians and be like, hey, like on the guitar, if you could play like a... Yeah, kind of like that. Like, And I actually write this way. I'm 
I'm not actually much of a musician at all. I mean, I still kind of play the piano, but I don't play drums. I don't play bass. I don't play guitars and anything. You know what you're hearing in your head. But I can hear yeah. stuff. When I would write with Orrin, I would be like, I think it should be like a... And he'd be like... I was like, no, like, and I would be hand doing, I would be air guitaring in front of him, probably the most annoying thing in the whole world, but I'd be like, no, it's right here. And he'd be like, no, like, and he'd be like, that's how I would write with him. So I, I didn't really write. And I think that Toby probably writes similar to that um, because I don't know that he um, is very fluent on any particular instrument. But with that said, um, when we were recording Extraordinary, we, like I say, we were in a studio that was only about a mile away from Goatee Studio, which is where they recorded a lot of Extraordinary. So Toby would stop by every now and then <laughs> just to kind of see how our record was going or maybe we'd go do lunch or all together or something like this. One time he pulled me into the control room of the studio we were in, which was actually just in a house. Toby did. Toby pulled me into a, our control room, uh, which was actually just a house in Franklin. And he's like, hey, man, I was wanting you to hear something. I kind of, I respect your, you know, I don't know, sensibilities on songwriting and just you guys as a band in general. I've got this idea. So we go back into our control room. He's got like a, it's kind of like a Sony Walkman. Mm. It might have been one of those that even had the remember those micro tape things. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, the little. It might have even been one of those that had the tiny, tiny little tape, but it's super it, cute. But it had a speaker. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. And so he's like, "This is just like a song that I'm working on, and uh, I just wanted to get your opinion." I'm like, "Okay." So he presses play, and it's literally just a drum beat off of like a Casio keyboard. This wasn't this wasn't anything they were actually recording yet. Mm -hmm. It just kind of had that like that total Casio, like it wasn't even like sampled sounds. Cheese it was ball. Just, and this drum beats playing and he's looking at me like, okay, coming up right after this part, there might've been a, an acoustic guitar on it or, or a little weird. I can't remember. I just will never forget that. Like this, and he's kind of bobbing his head, and I'm kind of sitting there, like, okay, you know, right? Listen, I'm brand new, you know. He's like yeah, my yeah. boss. He's kind right, of like yeah. my boss. He's your boss, and yeah. he's Toby. I mean, I loved DC Talk growing up. Oh my god, like yeah. they were my heroes, you know. And so I, I was just having all this crazy emotional feeling. And he's like, just right after this part, I don't have anything written for this part, um, but then right here, it's coming up. It's coming up right here. I'm thinking of like. What would people think if they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? What would people do when they find that it's true? He stops it and he goes, what do you think of that? And I'm like, I, it's cool, man. I, I don't know what to say. I'm, right. I wasn't going to shit on him like you guys do. I, I just was like, I'm kidding. No, I was just kind of like, yeah, man. But I had no reference. I didn't know it was going to turn into what it turned into. Dude, it just was yeah. kind of like, and, you know, of course I'm like, yeah, dude, it's, it's hooky. It's like, oh yeah, cool. They started recording the song like the next day hmm. and wow. turned it into that. They came and got Sean and Orrin. I wasn't even allowed over there. It was like somebody took my puppies. Hmm. I was just sitting in my studio like. Yeah. Alone <laughs> with Brian Duvall. Mm. 
We're just like, what are they doing over and there? And Ken Bassam, the invisible bass It was bass like player. your girlfriend was <laughs> cheating on you, man. It was just like, what are they doing? We weren't, it wasn't that we weren't allowed, but we just didn't go over to interrupt. And they went and recorded guitars like all day long. And it turned into that damn song. And if they didn't have Sean and Orrin's roaring guitars, that, would, that song wouldn't be anything. Totally. <laughs> totally. So that was actually fun. I sort of actually still like, again, when I talk about still loving spinning some old cuts, I still have hugely fond memories of that whole story and that Mm -hmm. whole process and listening to, you know, some of the Jesus freak songs before they were done. Mm -hmm. Um, I was actually doing, I'm a, I'm a a contractor also by Hmm. my, like I build cabinets. Cause you, you couldn't figure out what the business was that Marlon was on and whatever. What do we do? Yeah. Fritz designs. It's a a cabinet shop. Okay. And, um, I've done that for a long time. And even before that I did some kind of remodeling and I was just like a construction worker when Johnny Q public wasn't, um, actually out playing. Well, uh, goatee actually hired me to do some remodeling work on the goatee studio. <laughs> so I was actually working on some sheetrock and shit, like <laughs> in the back of the house. It's actually in a house. Yeah. Um, while they were recording, um, <laughs> I remember they were doing, uh, 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 the Charlie Peacock song, uh, in the light. I want to be uh, in yeah. the light when you are in the light. I want to shine like the stars in the oh, heavens. Yeah. And I can't remember what they were recording that day. It might have just been bongles or something. And I'm in the back like doing sheetrock work going, what the hell? Like I'm, I'm in the middle of DC Talk recording this record, which obviously it was before it blew up. But I still right. was like kind of connected to it. So yes, long answer to your question. I was very pissed off about that shit. <laughs> But at the same time, getting to see like Jesus Freak number one and John Q Public number two, mm-hmm. like, oh. and knowing that our players played on it, we just kind of had this little. And then you lost the Dev Award. Micro micro mafia going on. Micro we were, mafia. Yeah, man, we had a corner on the whole thing. <laughs> Totes. Right? Tooth and nail couldn't touch us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Not anyway, yeah, and and so. To, to uh, the nail, to the nail appealed to a different sector of the uh, of the audience, I think. So yeah, yeah. for sure. Did you uh, Clifton con- move on, and are you involved in music? So I just like playing guitar right now. Like <laughs> I haven't played music with other people, and you never got in a band or anything. Or? Oh no! So I've been in shitty bands. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> sure. That's great. Yeah. I've been in shitty bands. <laughs> I'm not a good musician. I just like doing it. Right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Do you write stuff? Do you write I like yeah, I don't I can't learn other people's songs. I only write my own. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, I I'm 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 perpetually incapable of learning a, a full song by someone else. One time I learned half of a page of the lion song. Right. About <laughs> it. Half yes. of it. Yes. <laughs> and then got distracted. <laughs> well, anyway, um, if you guys wanted to, uh, I thought it'd be funny to go over some stuff. Some sure. stuff <laughs> from one from... of the things. One of the things that's hilarious because I and th- here's what I really, really loved is that I I don't know you guys at all. We've never, uh, you know, not at all. 
Right. No connection whatsoever. I don't think you even know any of my friends or anything. So you, you don't even know that he doesn't have a sister named Marla. (laughs) Yeah. Marla is my (laughs) ex-wife, but you, uh, we're confirming that for you right now. No, but it was super fun to, to, to hear like, I don't know. It's kind of like that game mastermind or something like we're, you know, I'm guessing like red, yellow, green, blue. And it's right. like, you got the right colors, but they're in the wrong order. It was super interesting to hear you guys solely go off was of great. like internet research. <laughs> and then the, and then the, uh, the, uh, conclusions that you came up with were like, <laughs> no, no, well, no, no, no it some wasn't. Of, some of them were for me were no, well, some of it was that, but I was amazed at how accurate some of it was just almost like right. the bass player thing. The, the bass player thing was cracking That's me brilliant. up. That was so good. About like, should we, I get that letter? We just don't know. No, no. Okay. we just don't know what's going on with the bass player. <laughs> we, we think it's Ken Bassham. Does he exist? He's not on the first record. He's not on the second record. <laughs> But what? he's Ken Bassham. Hey, he's the bass player. But he was in the video on that. But he was in the video. Right. Like, yes. What the hell's going on <laughs> with this guy? So uh, what had happened was we started recording Extraordinary with a bass player. His name was Jason Hill. And we went into the studio with five members of the band. It was the four that were, you know, me and Sean and Orrin and Brian and Jason Hill. Joe Baldridge booked the studio in Nashville and we got down there and we, we played him all the ideas that we had at that time. And he was like, you guys aren't ready. And he had booked the studio <laughs> oh. for a couple of months and he's like, you guys are terrible. You're not Joe ready Baldridge at all. Joe Baldridge is a badass. He's a badass. He's a yeah. badass. <laughs> and, um, uh, anyway, he was like, I just, I don't think you're ready to actually start a record. He's like, but I booked the studio for like two months I've got to make some phone calls so that they can open the schedule back up so that other people can get in here. So I'll probably go ahead and eat two weeks here because I have to, that's the courteous thing to do. I can't mm-hmm. just call and bail. So let's at least work two weeks. So we got in there and we started working. That's where we met the curious fools guys. They came over and did some stuff with us that day, that week. Um, we were trying to write on the spot. Joe was just giving us ideas and then he would leave and we would just sit and play for like six or seven, eight straight hours. Literally. Mm-hmm. And then he would come back and listen to what we have and kind of, we were just, uh, it was sort of what pre-production is supposed to be before you go record a record. Mm-hmm. So usually you can pre-produce a song or a, a record, uh, without spending money. So basically we were jamming in a studio that was costing, I don't know how much, right? I don't know how much. Because they stressed so many times in that episode, there was a lot of money, money spent. It, it was, it was good seems for, like it. Yeah. For, a, for a Christian rock, band it was for a new band it was better than right. tooth and nail budgets let's put it right that way. yeah for so this sure. is on this is all on goatee's dime uh it was not we actually okay. started this record on our own okay uh at first we were not signed when we started recording okay um okay. one of the parents of the members uh was flipping the bill at first huh. um there's a long story there Which that i would talk story. i would talk to you guys about but i'm not going to do it <laughs> on something that's going to be in public (laughs) (laughs) but anyway um uh and so we ended up 
tracking that week. Well, I think we were there two weeks. I think we ended up tracking Preacher's Kid. We had no lyrics, no, we had nothing. Just tracking, just getting a song from start to finish with no melody and no lyrics. We tracked um, Preacher's Kid. Um, Black Ice. <laughs> um... I can't remember. I think there was somewhere around three or four songs that we ended up, we ended up keeping those tracks and they ended up on the record, hmm. but we didn't have a complete song. We right. just got the actual uh, music. Um, and what was I getting at? Um, you had this oh, the bass player, the bass player. Oh, yeah. So at the end of those two weeks, Joe actually got us all together and had a very, very serious talk with us, kind of like a coach would a football team type of deal. And he got us all together. He's like, hey, you guys got to understand, if you're not willing to do this at a minimum of eight hours a day, seven days a week, you really shouldn't be in a band at all. Right. Mm -hmm. You literally, I'm talking literally, when you go back to Springfield, you need to get up 9 a.m. and you need to be working on this band from 9 a.m. till 5 o'clock every single day with a 30-minute lunch Joe break. Joe is intense. He's like, otherwise you're not a band. It doesn't make any sense. You cannot do this as a hobby. You can't be effing around with it. Just, you got to take it seriously. And we were like, okay, yeah, man, okay. Okay, cool, okay. So then right before we got into the van to drive back to Springfield, our bass player came up and he said, I can't go eight hours a day. I quit the band. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, okay. for real. <laughs> for real. He's like, I can't do what he just said, and I'm going to quit. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I'm quitting right now. And, and we, we were like, you, we still had to drive I say we, eight, I hours, wasn't there. eight hours back to Springfield with him after he had just quit. So Jason mm -hmm. Hill probably has some credits on a few of the songs because he actually did play them. Mm -hmm. We went home and just started woodshedding. We were playing every single day. The band mostly more than me because I was, I still had to work. I was older. I had a job. I had a mm -hmm. wife. Uh, but they were literally doing what he said. They were showing up at the house at nine, 10 in the morning and playing all day long writing ideas, sending them to me. I was trying to put them in my car and, and write to them and write lyrics to them. And mm -hmm. I don't know, a few months had passed and we booked a studio to go back to Nashville to present Joe with X amount of more songs. When we did that, we were able to kind of put together enough songs to do a record, but we had to hire a studio bass player. Mm -hmm. His name was Wade Janes. And um, he came oh, in and... He's huh? been in other stuff, right? Was yeah, he in, Wade um... James is a pretty big studio guy in Nashville. Yeah. So he's probably yeah. been on a bunch of records. I, I know that name from somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, a, he's kind of a session guy down there. And okay. he's really, really cool. And uh, he came in and finished recording the rest of it. So then we got done with the record. We came back to Springfield and we were like, we need a bass player. <laughs> like, we still right. don't have one. Because <laughs> Ken had quit. And so... Uh, we were childhood friends. Some of the guys were childhood friends with Ken Bassham. And we were just like, man, would you be interested in playing bass? He wasn't even a bass player. Mm -hmm. We were like, do you want to play bass in our band? He was like, yeah, let's do it. So he just started coming over to rehearsal and they started woodshedding him. Oh, I see. Rehearsing I see. I the songs that we had just finished recording, but the record hadn't come out yet. It took several weeks, several months to actually right. get it uh, mixed and get the artwork and get the, everything all done. And we would shed Chen, Ken in the band and we started touring. Long story short, by the time 
then several years later, we kicked him out of the band. We got a different pace player. We recorded our second record, and then it came out with no Ken Bassham on it. So Ken, <laughs> Ken Bassham is, uh-huh. leg- is legitimately the Johnny Q public bass player, <laughs> but he never... He actually got in on the tail end of recording Extraordinary. When we start screaming mm-hmm. at the end of the song Scream, Scream yeah, yeah. one of those screams is Ken Bassham. That's the only credit. And he was in the MTV video. Yeah, well, right. yeah. And yeah. There you go. But that's the only credit he has on the record is screaming at the end of Scream. <laughs> poor guy. That poor guy. Yeah. Right? I'm going to pee off my front porch. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> We're in the middle of Springfield, Missouri. Are you guys good on time? Do you have a limit? I'm good. I can keep going. I'm good. I don't have yeah. school tomorrow, so. Yeah. Keep going. I, just, I might need just a quick little break. He's going to yeah. go potty real quick. And, and so just to get a little bit more background on both of you. Yeah. So Clifton, you're, you're just play music cause you love it or are you yeah. playing out? Oh no, no, no. I just, you know, don't leave this room. Because that room is ridiculously awesome from what I see. Yes, it is. <laughs> you have so many guitars and so many amps and stuff. So you don't you... play out at all. Yes. More Show me. Here. Show me some more goodness. <laughs> There's my Vox. You can barely see my Vox there. I hear you. Yes. My, uh, I have four Marshalls, two oranges, and a Vox. Yeah. And then uh, don't you have a shitload of Christian 90 CDs now? Like. Oh. It'll flip. Oh, look there at that. we go. Oh, yeah. hell yes. <laughs> nice. Oh, I'm going to shut up. Go ahead, Clinton. Clifton, go ahead and do that again because it didn't okay. show up on the video. Do okay, I'm going to talk while I'm Oh, yeah, you have to be talking while you do it. These are my Christian 90s CDs look from there down to there. And there's several layers here because they don't all fit. I, sh- I should have I known that I was going to get more CDs than I originally thought I would, of course. Oh, that's awesome. Very yeah. cool. Very <laughs> fucking cool. And, and I love and it. most of these clip, you've had to like rebuy these, right? Like yes. Most of these you did not carry over. Like, no, I probably had any 20, of them, right? I probably had like okay. 20 left over, you know, like in like the Julie's rainy days, like only a few. Yeah. Like 20 probably. Yeah. And so you, you've had to track them down. Yes. And when you talk about sometimes on, on, on your show, you talk about, oh, it's on Spotify. So it's so easy. But <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel you, boo. Right. But here's the thing. Having that actual shit in your hand. Correct. Oh, yeah. Is awesome. Yeah. Especially like you said, that lyric sheet or whatever. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, it was loose. It wasn't even part <laughs> of the, 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 the digi pack or whatever. Yes. Yeah. So that is really fucking ridiculous because that's awesome. We're the same way. We, we are. We're totally into vinyl right now. Yeah. Like vinyl is like. So here's the thing. So we're 50, you're 40. Mm-hmm. And these kids these days are all into vinyl. Mm-hmm. I it's know. like, it's oh weirdly. my God. Dan has a 20 year old son and a 13 year old son. Yeah. And the 20 year old is all into vinyl. And we're just like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Who are they listening to on vinyl is the question. Oh, Black Midi. Do you know who that is? No. Black Midi. And I will say this, Dan's oldest son is Elvis. Okay. Dan's younger son is Bono. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Just saying. Very nice. And Elvis is actually a music producer himself. Oh, wow. He was in a band for years when he was 12 to 15 years old. <laughs> mm-hmm. The verbing nouns here in Springfield, they 
freaking rock the world. They have a music video on YouTube. Yes. Go the verbing nouns reasons if you're taking notes. The name of the song's reasons. Um <clears throat> but he was only like 10 in that video. He was 12. 12. 12. He was 12. Um but he's 20 now. He's 20 and now. he also has two records on uh, Spotify, I think they are. Uh, the band's called Galactic Thrust. And they're freaking awesome. And they're hilarious. They're While like they were a, in high school, they recorded this shit in high school. It's all him. It's all wow. him. All the music is all Elvis. writing. Yeah. Him and his wow. buddy. So, yes. So, so That's nice. pretty cool. And then another thing you guys might like, you didn't bring up in... in the John and Q episode, but I did a solo record. I don't know if you found it yet. No. Um, it's called Fritz and his cowboy outfit. Hmm. It's an EP. I think it's only got like six songs on it. Orrin actually produced it and it was he, done. He played a little on it. Oh, he played most of it. Yes. Um, it was it's on done, Spotify. Yeah. Yes, it is. Look I would say you. it's, uh, it's like, 15 years old it's so good but it's it's got some cool shit i'm pr very proud of that record. yes those are all my songs so <laughs> it says 2007 2007 yes so fair not well, cool. 15 yet that. Yeah, yeah i don't know how we didn't come upon that i mean i guess yeah, if, you're, I, if your name isn't really tied to it it's hard to find you know? i know it's... you are some research researching motherfuckers so. <laughs> i know i'm like disappointed i'm so oh, proud well. of you guys for doing that <laughs> missed it but what is funny is that the fact that you didn't know that we build cabinets for a living so, right i don't know what he does <laughs> blah, blah, blah. we don't know what his business yeah is. fritz designs and um you i think you said something about you couldn't find anything on the business but we do yeah. have a facebook page yeah. oh i didn't think to look, i never think about you, looking at facebook for you businesses. didn't think to look yeah. at facebook <laughs> yeah we do like, have a facebook page anyway I, I'm, fritz, I'm an architect fritz designs I'm an architect, oh, and, and, oh, are and, you? and as an architect, I have a huge respect for cabinet builders, by the way, because I could right? never do that. Like, Dude. it's just, it's so You detailed. should check it out, because I do, like, really custom stuff. I do, yeah. I've done a lot of high-end um, custom homes. I don't do okay. the spec house yeah. apartment cabinets. Cool. So everything we do is, like, super elaborate and crazy <laughs> and gothic and all kinds of weird stuff. <laughs> Very nice. So check it out. So Fritz, I still Fritz do. Designs. I'm still creative yeah. in my life, just not have to uh, be right. Yeah, not really right. We make a living and we music we, as much. we pay for food and shit <laughs> and music instruments. Yeah, yeah, a couple. <laughs> and I work there too. Yeah, it's just me and Tara. Now it's cool. Yeah, and we have we have some subcontractors that we sub stuff out to, but yeah. So on the business that, that that you might have found with Marla's name on it, yeah, of course, Fritz Designs and Concepts is still like out there in the ether mm -hmm. with her name on it, which is great. We, we have a great relationship with his ex-wife. So. Yeah, we're doing. We're but fine. Marla, just to, just to clarify, we joked earlier, but Marla is the ex-wife, the mother of his children. Mm -hmm. So just FYI, and she is an amazing writer slash lyricist. Like, like she. She's a good writer. One She's thing you guys, writer. one thing you guys got a hundred percent right was the, um, and it's kind of not super hard to figure it out, but we were a band for probably less than six months Yeah, when we, right. when we started already getting label interest. Right. And the, uh, cause I almost brought this up like three times already. Cause it's so weird in Christian music that that happened because, cause Tara, as you talked about, like you spent years like 
legitimately doing professional things and still struggle to get on a label. Whereas Christian bands, if you're halfway competent, it's like, do you want a label contract? Right. Yeah. Yes. Listen, as long as you're singing about Jesus, you're getting signed. Yeah. For real. The JPM thing. I've got an interesting story. We almost signed to Forefront Records before we signed to Goatee. Really? We were that close. I mean, we were literally contracts were being written. Um, we As, were we were being wined and dined. I mm-hmm. mean, we were being taken out to dinner. We were given a tour of the Forefront Records facility, which ended with free hats and free T-shirts. I mean, we were going to be the next big thing on mm-hmm. the Forefront. And Eddie DeGarmo was actually the kind of... DeGarmo and Key. Right. Of DeGarmo and Key. Oh, he yeah. was actually the president or CEO or whatever of yeah. Forefront. So when we were recording on the second phase, when we actually came back, and I was telling you, and we started actually mm-hmm. getting melodies and lyrics and songs structured together a little bit, and he was going to be the guy that basically flips the bill. You know, basically we were going to get paid back for the money that mm-hmm. we put in. Um, so the label was still going to be uh, financially burdened with it. Uh, they just weren't in the beginning. Right. Anyway. So he came over to the studio one time and I also wanted to kind of quickly take this time to go back to the shitting on DC talk and all that. <laughs> I, I love this. I mean, I'm having a great time with you guys, but Toby Mack is one of the coolest fucking dudes I've ever met in my life. He mm-hmm. is a, he is a straight up good dude. He's a good human. That's cool. That's and, good. and, um, uh, Eddie DeGarmo, I have no issues with him either, but, so he comes over to the studio and we play him. This is kind of a normal thing. Like your record guy comes over and he wants to kind of hear how things are going. So he listens to about four or five of our songs. This is after they had already told us, like, we're signing you. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, okay, cool. This is Forefront. I was the only guy in Johnny Q Public that actually had a Christian music background. So I'm like shitting myself. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm shitting myself that Eddie. Because you knew who he was. Oh God! Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I've waited seven hours in line for Eddie DeGarmo. Um, <laughs> right. I was the kid. I was the nerd on the front row, just like DeGarmo and Key. I was a piano player, so Eddie DeGarmo was like mm-hmm. a god to me. Like boycott so, hell and all those songs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Those songs, yeah. And six, six, six. Yeah, all that <laughs> shit. <laughs> anyway, um, and so he's listening to our songs. And we're sitting on the little couchy thing behind him. After he's done with a couple of them, he spins around in his chair and he's like, man, I really, really like it. Um, I just wish there was, I wish there was a few more JPMs. And do you know what that is? I'm just like, Jesus per minute. Ah! Yeah. I'm like, what do you mean by JPMs? And he said, Jesus per minutes. I was like, I don't think we're going to sign with you. Like, I didn't say that to him. Right. But I mean, as soon as he left, I was just like, guys, we can't do, we can't do this. Mm-hmm. Like it, if that was actually his first response. Jesus per minutes. Jesus mm-hmm. per minutes. Yeah. So that surprises me 0%. Well, right? I know. Right? It, I mean, it yeah. crushed, it crushed me. Yeah. It crushed me in, in some ways because I totally was getting into Christian music when I was 12. That would have been mm-hmm. like 1982, 83. And DeGarmo and Key were like my heroes mm-hmm. and Petra and yeah. these kinds of bands. And Johnny Q Public specifically was trying to not be the JPM band. Mm-hmm. 
we were the ones that we're not going to sing about, you know, big, big house right. with lots and lots of food. Like, we're not going <laughs> to fuck it. Are you? It's my father's house. I'm just like, oh, my gosh, something's got to change. So we sort of specifically got very poetic about things. We were <laughs> kind of some of our subjects were like kind of hard to understand, but that's what we wanted. We didn't mm -hmm. want it to be JPMs, you know, right. Um, not that we were trying to be a secular band. We were definitely still serving, you know, towards Christian kids. I mean, yeah. we, I would, but we didn't want to be just so kind of blatant and gratuitous mm -hmm. about it. So we were just like, man, I don't know about that. And that was when goatee was just like, we don't have the money <laughs> because, uh, we were only one of four acts that goatee had at that time hmm. and they had already blown their wad on their first three acts out of eden christ safari and grits oh and christ safari yeah. oh yeah. wow okay i forgot <laughs> yeah. about i remembered grits out of eden wow i forgot about that yeah, yeah. Okay. christ safari actually played springfield missouri like freaking three weeks ago yeah. what yep yeah 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 i yeah. didn't get to what? go because we, we i didn't get to go because we i was busy. out of town but a buddy of mine who's a big johnny q fan he's like dude christ safari's coming to springfield <laughs> like, i was like they're still doing it? What? Right. Right. Kidding me? <laughs> oh my God. It's probably like okay. one guy, you right, know, yeah. that's original. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that's how we kind of got on with the goatee thing because they came in and they were like, we don't, we kind of blew our wad. We don't have very much money. We'll do the mm. best we can for you. We'll, we'll, you know, and we still want to have like, they had the hip hop. They had the pop with mm -hmm. Out of Eden. They had the the Jamaican kind of thing going on with Christ Safari mm -hmm. and we, we want a rock band. Yeah. Right. And we were like, we love that attitude. Yeah. And that's why we ended up and they loved it. Yeah. with them. Um, See, I think so is, yeah. that, is that kind of explained like the kind of lack of cover art, like the very plain, like extra, because like, of is the that budget. Why, I don't know. Cause it, yeah. Is no. that why, or was that? No, actually it's, it's, uh, it's funny because, and I was razzing you guys a little bit on my Monday morning show, but it's <laughs> right. like the name of the record is extra ordinary. So the artwork okay. was extra ordinary. So I think it was more literally just that, like yeah. we had the, the digi packs were more expensive. They were really? more expensive yeah. than just FYI, doing. Yeah. FYI. Interesting. They were more expensive than just doing jewels. Um, and so they they were fine with spending money, yeah. uh, you know, on the record. But I think the, I, I don't even know, I don't even think we had much say in the artwork. Joe Baldridge actually mm. kind of was a little handed in some of our naming of the record, the order of the songs, the artwork. He was actually doing some communication with the label about our, 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 our artwork. Mm -hmm. And... I think that was kind of just his idea was that extraordinary is the name of the record and the artwork was just very, 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 very ordinary. ordinary. <laughs> Got it. Very like ordinary. it was kind of going down that road. Right. So yep. I, I will say though, that, that I, I remember as a kid seeing it on the shelf and like the, the blue, I think I called it blue and silvery in the, in the yes. episode, but yep. that's what stands yep. out to me in my mind. Like back to seeing yep. it on the shelf was like, it had this like iridescence about it. Right. Like, yeah, yeah yeah and even the spines that way because it's yeah. funny whenever i go to some of these like cd uh resale shops yeah. or record shops mm -hmm. 
because I'm so uh, vain and into myself, I will <laughs> I will go see if they have my record there. And yeah. it only takes me two seconds to look. Right. As soon as I go to Jay, I just look mm-hmm. for the blue stripe. And yep. if it's there, I'm like, yeah. boom, there I am. <laughs> so it kind of, it was, maybe it was a good thing that it was so plain. And I think uh, so. Yeah, I think, I think it works. And yeah. it fits the name of the album for mm-hmm. sure. For sure. How did For you sure. guys decide to do the hidden track at the beginning? Because oh, back in the day, is... I thought that was like the coolest thing ever because yes, I had never seen that on anything else. And I love the like whispering, like the rewind at the, the beginning. Rewind. Oh, my, it, oh, my God. It's so Because, you know, we we didn't really have the Internet yet. So it's like friends were talking like, did you hear that part at the beginning? Like what? And you turn it up. <laughs> right. And it was just it was a really cool <laughs> thing. That uh, the person actually saying rewind is Joe Baldridge. Hmm. That's him doing that. And that whole idea was his. I don't know okay. how he knew that we could do that. Like, yeah. he's like, I, I'm gonna, f- I'm gonna figure out how to put a song in the beginning. And we were just like, okay. I, we, I mean, we just let him go with it. I actually did a little research on how how that was. So it's actually a glitch in just the way CDs work. When, when I was researching this episode, I read a lot about that because. I think I mentioned the episode that I tried to, to listen to it and I I literally bought a CD player so I could rewind right. and I couldn't <laughs> like the CD player I bought couldn't rewind and, I, and then we ran out of time we had to record the episode and I was like you know but, was it a new one or an old one a new one and so it I wonder rewind. if finding one like at mm-hmm. a pawn shop or a flea market right. I actually it looked, would work I actually looked on eBay trying to find like an old CD player originally and I couldn't find one that's why I ended up buying the one I bought you know oh, but right, yeah right yeah <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. That was so that was all Joe's idea. And and the Father Abraham and the Women of Zion and the Sacrifice of Praise, those and you guys actually caught, which I forgot we put this in the record, but the Sod Brothers. Yeah. That whole thing was we weren't we weren't recording for this record at all. Okay. Um we were we were in the process of overdubbing. So we had already kind of played our songs, you know, and we recorded Extraordinary uh, live, like mm-hmm. not like live in a venue, but right. we didn't we didn't build the song. Do you know what I mean when I mm-hmm. say that? Like we all played at the do, same time. Yeah, we all played at the same time. And so, and we went for performance. So we would play the same song over and over until we got the one we wanted. And then we moved on into overdubbing, which was mm-hmm. whatever, percussion, guitar solos sometimes, vocals, background vocals, all that stuff. So we were in kind of the overdubbing phase of the record, so we weren't playing. We were taking turns, you know, like if Orrin had to go <laughs> put a little chinkity part on something or if I had to go sing something, but we were all still in the studio, so we were getting kind of restless. Mm-hmm. So we asked Joe, like, before you leave tonight, would you mind setting a mic up in the living room that's hot that we could record we didn't know much about engineering at that time Mm -hmm. so he's like yeah okay so he just put a a room a a microphone in the middle of the room and then i think he might have hooked one more up in case we wanted to sing so the one room mic was going to pick up whatever we were playing and then there was another and he had it all hooked up so all we had to do was press record this is back in the two inch tape days Mm -hmm. so this you know we didn't have the ability to just you know, throw it on like a voice memo or, you know, pro tools. There was no pro tools. <laughs> right. We were still two inch tape. And I think he was recording this directly to DAT though. So we weren't actually using two inch tape. That shit was expensive, mm-hmm. but I think he set it up to where we could record directly to DAT. 
So we were up all night and we just were like, let's just, uh, I don't know. We started doing these things. The Sod Brothers is Sean, Oren, Dan. That's what the Sod Brothers are. Okay. So it was just the three of us <laughs> in the studio. And we were like, let's just, I don't know, it's called Sod. We were kind of almost doing it as if it was going to be just a complete scratch, joke. Right. Scratch. Scratch. Something totally off the wall. Something totally different. And actually, we weren't planning on doing anything with it. Like, we just wanted it. We were fucking bored we weren't drinking we weren't we weren't Nobody was smoking drinking. we weren't doing yeah. any drugs we were good christian boys so we're just sitting in the studio from like 10 o'clock all night long and like nothing to do mm-hmm. so we're like hook a mic up for us so we did the father abraham thing and then um we did the the funny thing that about uh, your take on the Women of Zion being the the rape culture anthem that we wrote. <laughs> I was dying laughing. We were laughing. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was so good. All the research that you did. Oh, man. Clifton. <laughs> Clifton. Wow. It was so good. Like, in some weird way, in, you know, if you look at it with 2021 right. goggles on, you're kind of right. You're right. But yeah. the only thing I would say is, the reason why it's written so stupidly mm-hmm. that whole like do 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 outstretch neck and all that shit right we were purposely making a fucking mockery right out of the fact that this shit is in the bible people like we right. were just as mad as you were right in your episode when you're like fuck johnny q public for writing a rape culture <laughs> anthem like said that. that's yeah i think he said it three times anyway <laughs> we actually had that exact same like attitude yeah. we were we were pissed that yeah. i stumbled i was pissed that i stumbled across that right i'd never read that in my entire life i was literally just trying to find stupid shit because johnny q public actually was trying to expose mm-hmm the fucking church and how stupid and judgmental they are Mm -hmm. and the shit that's in the Bible that like you are just going to push and shove this Bible at me my entire teenage years. Mm -hmm. And there is scripture in here that supposedly God bald headed all these women because they were haughty and they were arrogant and they were not focused. I just, Mm -hmm. Those are the kinds of passages in the Bible that I really struggle with. Yeah. It's like this thing was written by what you would now consider terrorists. Right. So the the American warlords, the American Christian Western Church, they're just not putting two and two together that the Bible was written by terrorists. Right. Now, let me be clear. I'm not saying the Bible was written by terrorists. I'm saying that they are scared to death of anybody that comes from that region of right. the world and they would call them terrorists. Yes. <laughs> Those are the people that wrote the Bible. Now I'm I mean, right? Yes, Am I, I wrong? But, right. Yes. So but, I'm just but also like thousands but, of years less 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 culturally evolved. <laughs> well, of course. All these yes. things. Yes. Exactly. And so the women of Zion, we did it. There's so much sarcasm on the mm-hmm. extraordinary right. record that I you don't think it. actually conveyed sometimes, but. And no, I, yeah. I think, I mean, Jay and I, I, cause I think I smarted off a few times. We're like, so big top, for example, 
Yeah. Oh, big oh, top. Way, I can't even top. believe we big were allowed top. to play big top on stage. Right. Yep. I, I don't think song, anyone caught what it was saying, and that's why they <laughs> let us just keep recording it, I guess. But I mean, even at the end of it, you know, and the record's done and it gets released, I was like crossing my fingers the whole time. Like, <laughs> I hope they don't hear it. I hope mm-hmm. they don't hear it. I hope they don't get it. I hope they don't get it. And then boom, the record's on the shelf. And I was like, yes, we did it. <laughs> Big Top made it. It yeah. is a trashery of modern day mm-hmm. American churches. Yeah. It's, a, it's an absolute trashery. I'm glad to hear that because that's what I took it as, you know, and yeah. I, I was, I, 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 I struggled whether or not to say that in the episode because it's, we never know what people are thinking. Right. right. Sure. Sure. But that's, that's how it came off to me. And I, I mean, first off musically, I love that song because it's silly and I like silly music, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I should say cute music probably. Um, but th- the lyrics though are just, are, they are skating. They're they're And they're wonderful. <laughs> yeah. I, I really, I really love it. The homeless people <laughs> got it all wrong because they need to find investors and build a great big dome. <laughs> Dude. Yes. That, I think Joe might've been played a hand in that lyric, but yeah, it, it's just like, wow, I can't believe. And <laughs> dude, what was funny is we would get booked at these churches, mm-hmm. like at these mega oh, sure. churches. Right. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm doing big top tonight. I don't, I, I, <laughs> they're so dumb. They're not even going to get it. And it was, it was, and sometimes I would even gesture, yeah. you know, <laughs> under the big top and they still wouldn't get it. I was like, I am, absolutely trashing everything you stand for. There's homeless people under a bridge over here Mm -hmm. and you guys are building what? $22 million buildings over here with, with $500,000 worth of PA equipment. Mm -hmm. That's 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 exactly what bid top is like that. That exact experience is one of the things that drove me just away from the church originally before I decided I didn't believe in God and all that, which that I didn't mention earlier, but that's largely due to reading the Bible. But, um, like I've read, I read the Bible start, cover to cover three or four times, and it's it's not a great thing if you want to keep believing in the Bible. But anyways, <laughs> it's it's pretty wild. Yeah, but at my church, um, I don't know if you will recognize the name, but my, my pastor growing up was Robert Jeffress, who is now like he has a she has a show on Fox News, right? Mm. Um, and I think he's, the show isn't actually on Fox News; it's on their like online thing where they can say even crazier things than they do on the TV, you know. Right. Lifton would talk about him being an asshole. And I was just kind of like, this is like back in the late nineties, early two thousands. And I was just kind of thought Clifton was like, yeah, okay. You really don't like your pastor. But then I realized (laughs) who he was and I was like, oh shit, Clifton's right. This guy's really an asshole. (laughs) But literally there was a period where we were building a new sanctuary as a church. Like we were going to spend literally $16 million building a sanctuary. And one day I was up at the church and a homeless person walked in um, to see if, if they could get a drink of water. And the pastor himself chased the guy out of the church. Oh, shit. Unreal, dude. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's nope. that nope. hypocrisy and stuff is why, exactly why I'm not in it anymore that's either. That's why I say I'm and still And it's searching. exactly what Big Top was written about. <laughs> yeah. And also, even as Johnny Q Public toured, the some of the shit we got um, was just like, mm-hmm. I mean, there, there was church. I, I've been kicked out. Uh, yeah. church after they booked me i they they we did one show which was like i don't know 17 18 hours away from springfield missouri we did it under contract i think it was a three thousand dollar guarantee and it was a one it was a one-off show which is yeah. we didn't tour to get there yeah that's we rough. drove straight 18 hours to get there 
We'd set all of our own PA system up. Nobody showed up to the show, maybe 20 people, 30. At the end of the show, we packed all of our gear back up and we're in the parking lot getting ready to drive all the way back to Springfield. And the dude comes out and says, I'm sorry, brother, the Lord didn't provide. I can't pay your guarantee. Are no. you fucking kidding me right now? It was contract. We had a contract. Mm -hmm. And he said, the Lord didn't provide. And mm -hmm. we had to drive 18 hours back <clears throat> with no money. And with that, what were we going to do? Sue him? I mean, right. Yeah, I know. I know you could have, but you just wouldn't have gotten anywhere. You just you had to eat shit because the Lord didn't provide. Yeah. And you want to, you talk about getting triggered on freaking religious mm -hmm. phrases. And that's why I said earlier, kind of jokingly, like if somebody calls me brother, Hey brother, <laughs> like, right. dude, stop. Right. Like yeah. if it's done in a religious, right. Yeah. You know, connotation, but I don't know, man. It's freaking weird, mm -hmm. weird times. You, you, you could have done what uh, one, of my, one of my dad's business partners threatened to do with, to him, which was church him, which is to bring him in front of the church and accuse him of a wrong. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, gosh. Absolutely. Holy moly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. there's one thing we should go over that we got wrong, okay. which is the status quo riff. Yeah. I don't know if you got it wrong. I mean, I think you got everything. What you were they saying just, is they right. They didn't know. They right. didn't know. They just didn't know. Right. Yeah, no. And like, basically, you got it 100% right, <laughs> except for the fact that we had to pay like $2,500 to use that riff. <laughs> like, we we were not trying to hide it. I don't know why right. it didn't end up in the credits. So, right, yeah. But it's for, probably for because we paid for it. For anyone listening, let's let's give a little background. Somehow, both of you guys give a little background to what you're even talking about. Okay. All right. So there's a part in Body B where the song kind of breaks down, and we we do the guitar riff from a status quo song called "Pictures of Matchstick Men," um, and then the rest of the song just kind of crumbles and crashes, and some <laughs> of it is Matchstick Men, and some of it is Body B, mm -hmm. and it was a musical. It, we were musically trying to do what the song was saying. Yes. Like if yes. our body is not like, you know, working with itself and each part doing its own part, then it literally falls apart. And that's <laughs> what we did kind of very artistically. We were so <laughs> arty. We were so smart. Um, <laughs> we took the two songs and we mushed them together at the end. And then that's how the whole song falls right. apart. But we're talking about that. Yes. Yeah. That's a. It fits so well in the song too. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And that was another Joe Baldrige thing. He was just. We were halfway through tracking that song, and he's like, "Hold on." And he would leave the studio. He'd be gone for like two hours. Like, where the hell did he go? Joe's amazing. And he came back with a status quo CD, and he's like, "I think we should put this riff in the middle of this song." Like, psh, you know, wow. Okay, whatever. And that's actually all live. <laughs> you guys had yes. never heard this. No, we hadn't. No, okay. no, we were young okay. kids. I, just, I had never right. heard it. Joe obviously knew of it and everything because he went directly for that song. And that's actually live. Um, the that part. Yeah. Uh, like I said earlier, I mean, it was played. It's not overdubbed. Right. All all together. Yeah. Yeah. We all ended, and the guitar players did that in two separate um in two separate uh iso booths 
just trying to hear each other. That's why one of them kind of does the da, 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 yeah. and the other one yeah. does it. Da, da, you can da. Hear it. It's funny. We kept it anyway. So then we got the song done and we go back to the label and we're like, Hey, <laughs> we <Oops>. just, we <laughs> just, we just put a huge status quo, <laughs> like chunk of song in our song. So then the attorney at the labels, like, shit. Okay. <laughs> right. We got to figure this out. Yeah. So he actually contacts the publishing company of status quo. And he gives them the whole story. This is actually kind of what you do. He gives them the whole story. Here's the band. They're from Springfield, Missouri. Da, 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 da. They did this one song. They brought in matchstick men, all this kind of stuff. And then it's the publishing company's job to decide if they think we're going to blow up big like Nirvana, mm-hmm. they might just want a percentage of that song on our record. If they think we're just going to amount to nothing, they might just take a cash payment for now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a gamble. Yeah. Right. So, sure. Right. And they kind of won the gamble because, I mean, I think we sold probably around 80 or 90,000 records. I think, nice. I think we were bad. somewhere pushing close to a hundred, but if they would have taken a percentage, they probably would have made a couple hundred bucks at most <laughs> because we didn't even use the whole song. We just used right. that, just thing. that riff. And so they came back and said, look, we will let go of anything if you give us i can't remember 2000 or 1500 or 2500 somewhere in this neighborhood of 1500 to 2500 cut us a check for that and then we'll we're good. we'll wash our hands of it yeah. because i don't think a christian band from springfield missouri is going to blow this song <laughs> up and therefore no credit on the album and so yeah i don't know why the credit wasn't there I know, other it's than weird. like yeah. knowing our little shitty attitudes we had yeah. at the time, we were probably like, fuck them. We already gave them money. Right. <laughs> right. I'm not going to give and enough Joe, credit. Your producer was probably like, yeah, fuck them. Fuck that. I mean, I don't know why it might've just been an artwork flub, but yeah, but it, we, we weren't being, we never were no, like, you, you um, didn't intentionally steal something trying to be like, don't let anybody know. I mean, I think it was one of those riffs that was so obvious, especially after that other dude did it. Um, yeah, like Camper Van Beethoven. You guys played. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. He even made it bigger than Status Quo. And what I love is the research that you did that you figured that shit out. Like, for <laughs> that real. That was awesome. That like, was that awesome. was awesome that you had those two different cuts of that same shit. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, was Jay, cool on you guys. Jay found that. He did, He sent it to me right oh. beforehand. He's like, I need I need these two clips for the, for the, for the record. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. That was yeah. cool. That was cool. Because... The only way you'd find that is if you heard it before, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, Joe is, uh, he was a very kind of classic rock guy. And I know you guys picked up on the classic rock influences, but I think it almost was more like, if I was to guess at why they didn't end up in the credits, I think it was kind of more like for us, for some of the people that we were running with at that time, it was it would be kind of like giving credit to like the national anthem if you put it on your record. <laughs> like duh, it's, it's like the, duh. I yeah. think it was just like a duh That's like Joe. That's Joe. Joe would be like everybody knows that was status quo, but obviously they didn't. I mean, 15-year-old right. Christian kids in the 90s exactly. had no idea who Definitely did not know. Right, yeah. Yeah, but I think in Joe's head and some of the other people we were running with, it was like giving credit to him is almost kind of like silly like, because bleh. we obviously 
Like it seems so obvious. However, behind the scenes, you took care of it. Yeah, but but right. it was take. Right. We paid for it. Yeah, we didn't right. steal it. Right. It cost us money. Yep. Yep. Um, but anyway, in <laughs> fact, I think I think you guys might even be able to help me on this. I don't know how much you're listening to shit anymore, but Body B was covered by um, uh, K something K. Are we Reliant K. K. Reliant K. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that, but that's, that's I didn't cool. know that. I'll yeah. have to look that up. Reliant K covered Body B. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, they did not include the status quo riff. Nope. And it was huh. probably for that for, same for, Because reason. it would cost money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, F that. We ain't paying 1500 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. I might be wrong on that, but I, it's there's some things that's missing. Hilarious, in it, but, uh, but I don't. I. I, I yeah, agree. that's only a few years old. They covered Bobby. Yeah. Yep. So, what is dig, be dug, and above all, peace on your head? One hundred percent, Joe Baldridge. Okay. <laughs> he just <laughs> threw he just it in wrote, there. He just threw it in there at the end. Yeah. <laughs> He was very, kind of going back to what we started talking about a minute ago that I don't feel like uh, we fleshed out. But when you talked about we were barely a band when we got signed. Mm -hmm. And that is just 100% true. Not to mention, one of the guys, Oren, was 14 at the time. And the other guitar player was 16. Um, Sean was 16. And so... um, But you were right. He's the oldest member of the band. um, No, Brian Duvall's the oldest. Oh, is he really? Yeah. By by, like six months. Yeah. He's the same age as you. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) We're kind of the same. But anyway, um, uh, so when we got in and actually started doing a record, none of us had ever really done this before. Right. Joe had done it a million times. I mean, uh, and so... He was like really coaching us. He helped us on everything. If you heard some of the songs we brought him mm-hmm. to start Extraordinary, holy <laughs> crap. There's so many demos on this. They're you can't so see it over bad. here. But there's so bad. So many demos over there. Um, and he, we just sort of, he wasn't just like a producer. It was like he was a sixth member of the band. <laughs> and he really started helping us learn how to write and learn yeah. how to put parts in and learn how to bring a bridge in. And, and so he was heavy handed in our artwork. He was heavy handed in our show notes. The idea of putting the chords on all of the songs oh, in, the, yeah. in the notes, that was all Joe's idea. He's like, I, don't, I think you should put the chords on the songs. That would be hilarious. Like all the, the, the hidden song in the beginning, that was all Joe's idea. He just the, was like, the we chords were sort are- of like his baby, you know? The chords are kind of punk rock because it's just like, yeah, try it. Yeah. Here you go. Here's how it goes. Here you go. Yeah. Play yeah. my shit. Yep. Play my shit. Yeah. Right? It's real punk rock until some youth group sends you a video. It's like, hey, our youth group's playing Body B. Wanted you to hear it. <laughs> yeah. And I listen to it and I'm like, Oof. holy crap, what are you doing? Yeah. There's some stuff. And then, of course, like I write too. back and I say, man, that was really great. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I drink beer out of a coffee cup. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 as much as I don't like chug chug guitars, the guitars <laughs> on that album are are huge. I mean they're yeah. they're they're so they're so great, you know. Yeah. 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 It was all Oren uh, Oren is a he, he's modern day Mozart. Yeah. Yeah. Oren is 
I will just say that with all his engineering and all this shit he's doing now, he's a modern day Mozart. Yeah, he's yeah. still producing and uh, writing he's and got recording hands records. In Keith Urban and Carrie Underwood. We, we, oh, wow. we, could, we could drop names wow. all night. He's yeah. fantastic. He's incredible. And he's so modest, and I love that guy. Yeah, because but that doesn't show up on guy. Discogs. Right. Right. The website, the Discogs, where it's kind of like the IMDb of music, you know? Yeah. It's just like, yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah he's, it, well, Joe has actually legit been engineer uh, on some pretty big records. Like, he actually that. engineered, won a Grammy, I think, Grammys. for Carrie. Well, for um, you guys know that cut, uh, Blue. Blue from Keith Urban. Keith oh, Urban. Yeah. Darling, you. you. Mm-hmm. And that the music has that really kind of that sound. That's all Joe Baldwin. That's Joe. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so he's yeah. still working. Um, he just does a lot of country stuff now. There, there's a lot of a lot of the bands that we that we cover on the podcast need that heavy hand producer and, and they're yeah. really yeah. missing it you know True. Yes. Uh-huh. even Agreed. even even as good a bands who are good as artists as curious fools they needed that and they didn't have it because they self-produced all their albums and there's no one telling them no or try again you that know that was the right. conclusion we came to with them yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that's fair that's fair yeah joe was incredible at that in fact that he told us a story about a keith urban song i wish i wish i could dial it up and tell you what it was but there's a there's a, a guitar picking thing that is the same throughout the whole song, but it's mm-hmm. kind of like this <laughs> something along those lines. And he wouldn't let Keith uh, copy paste it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. He's like, I want you to play it on the whole entire song. Of course. Yeah. Keep and Keith's it. like, my hand is cramping up so bad. He's I like, can't do it. And Joe's like, yeah, you can. Yeah. You can do it and you're going to do it. We're not going to copy and paste this, even mm-hmm. though it was literally, the mm-hmm. same riff like the same riff for the entire three or four minute song mm-hmm. and he made keith play it live or whatever uh as a performance <clears throat> for the entire four minute song yeah <clears throat> and he was hating him and it's awesome. he was like i hate you joe balders he's like i know but you'll thank me later you'll, you'll, you'll be proud of it later yep. there, but and there- keith is yeah, because it's so different. I mean, you can tell once you know you you. I'm not gonna say that most people can say, "Hey, that's copy and pasted all the way through," you know. But well, when some when something because it's those imperfections that make really like yeah. that's what rock music is. That's what like Amen. real heart music is, you know. But and, he was and, good at saying no, kind of to Jay's point. Joe was really good at saying no. We we yeah. brought him a song towards the beginning that we we thought we were rock and roll gods. <laughs> like I can't believe we came up with a song this good like we're gonna be huge bro we're gonna be huge and so we brought it down to him we had a demo of it on a cassette plate a cassette tape and we play it for him and we're sitting there and we're just watching him and we're listening to the music we're just like he's gonna freak at how much we're all gonna get rich off this song he stopped (laughs) the song before it even finished and he goes nope pearl jam Uh. and he went right on to the next song we were like that was no, dude. That was our best cut, and he was like, "No, it wasn't. It was Pearl Jam." Wasn't he like? Did he, didn't he mock you? And he was like, "Oh, you want to sing low now?" You yeah, no one's ever like sang low before. Fucking Eddie Vedder, <laughs> like he's already doing that. Yeah. So yeah, we. I mean, we thought we were gods. He was just like, "Nope, not doing that one." <laughs> Too much Pearl Jam. And that's what like, more of these okay. artists need, honestly. There, there's so much, yeah. so much exactly. good producing lacking, yes. and, and and so yes. much of the, that that music. And and like, like I said, as much as we love a lot of this music, it's just missing some of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
And I think budget did have something to do with that. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people were trying to record records for like five and ten thousand dollars, like right. which is just impossible. Yeah. I mean, especially back then when we didn't have Pro Tools. I mean, mm-hmm. now everybody's a damn rock star because they're we recording records in their here. bedroom. You exactly. know what I mean? Your son Elvis produces a lot of. Yeah, I mean Elvis's stuff. I'm super proud of the Galactic Thrust stuff that he's doing, and and it's it's good, but. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, bedroom, bedroom rock. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's beca- bedroom it's- rock. You coined that right here. <laughs> I don't know if I coined it. I've listened to it and heard it on other podcasts <laughs> where people talk about. I listen to a lot of podcasts of like uh, audio engineers mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I kind of still geek out on shit like that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's kind of become a thing like uh, bedroom rock stars. Yeah. Well, Billie Eilish, are you kidding me right well, now? Well, yeah, I mean, right, that's basically yeah. what she is. Billie Eilish, like her and her brother, and it's like, boom, and now she's the biggest thing ever. Mm-hmm. And you don't need big studios, and you don't need two-inch tape, and you don't need you know. um, all these. You know, back in the day, I don't know if you guys have ever researched some recording, when guys used to show up in the studios with lab coats. Remember? Like, back in the day. Lab coats? Yeah, recording studios used to be like the the, the engineers would come. Oh. I mean, I'm talking back in, like, 30s, 30s, 40s, 50s, like old school stuff. Yeah, even the 60s probably too, where like you were a band that was going to go record and then you had to kind of wait for the technicians. They were the only ones that knew how to run the machines. Right, yeah. Like literally, and they would wear like white lab coats like down to their knees like they were the audio engineers. You have to have an outfit for, if you don't have an outfit for your profession, you're not doing it right because people can't tell. Yeah, but some you. of that equipment back then, nobody knew how to <laughs> run it. And so these guys would kind of show up with their, like, would you like to record? Mm-hmm. <laughs> with their white lab coats. Even back to, Jay and I did a, a student radio back in college. And uh, there was one guy who knew to run all the equipment. If, if something broke, we were just like, well, guess the radio station's down for a while. Exactly. <laughs> True. Exactly. Right. right. Yep. <laughs> Yep. yep, and it did break. Yep. Yeah, and they still have those guys in studios now, but it's just like the guy. Like that's right. actually Joe Baldridge is probably more of an engineer than he is a producer. But oh, absolutely. Um, and he would have assistants, and uh, they don't wear the lab coats. They're just kind of regular dudes now. But freaking yeah. hilarious. There's there's weird things. Uh, they wear sandals the, now. It's the techni- Yeah, <laughs> they wear sandals. Now. The technicality of recording is just fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, what all it takes to kind of figure that kind of stuff out. So anyway, it's pretty wild. I, I still struggle every episode to make our, 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 our talking not sound horrible. So uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. I right, do the right. same thing every single time I'll listen yep. to ourselves. It's like, <laughs> Oh, I, I should probably add some three K. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Need yep. to put a DSer on that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh man. Yeah. So anyway, what else? Let's just start on a couple of, I, I just want to go back into the episode. Like, this, is, this has been fantastic. And I love the conversation. <laughs> it's like, all, like you said, it's like Joe Rogan-ish. Yeah, we're just <laughs> talking, man. It's just, just a talking. freaking conversation. But I want to go back and maybe write some things <laughs> that you had wrong. <laughs> yes. Like, no, no, not that, not that you guys were wrong. Like, I don't want to fucking jump on you but there were some things that you were just like oh i don't know this right. and now we can clarify that yeah and that was Please so do. fun yeah that it was, was so, so great like you did so much research and then it was like oh if you had just gone five minutes more <laughs> well yeah. what are you talking about because we so, righted the fact that marla is my ex-wife right 
The Sod Brothers is Sean Orn Dan. Yes. And it wasn't ever meant to even be on the record. Yes. <laughs> I do have a wonderful story about Sacrifice of Praise. Oh, totally. Oh um, my God, that's brilliant. <laughs> um, and then so um, I just, Ken Bassham. I think Ken we got Bassham, that. Ken Bassham, we covered that. But you also said... There were no other significant bands from Springfield, Missouri. Yes. Oh, that's a pretty funny one. So yeah. So Dan yeah. actually sent me Dan Dan sent me a message on Facebook that says Springfield, Missouri, home of Kings X, Ozark Mountain Daredevils, yep. Someone Still Loves You, Boris Yeltsin. Yep. Oh. Brad Pitt, John Goodman, Kathleen Turner, Bass Pro, and Cashew Chicken. You SOBs. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh my gosh, that's funny. I was I was a little <laughs> wine buzz that night. It was a little bit. Yes, you said that was... next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I also want to say that that we we found out about your podcast through Marla oh, yeah. Fritz. Yeah, actually, Marla's ex-wife. the one that sent me. Interesting. Well, how did she know? <laughs> I actually don't know. We don't know. I don't know how she found it, but she that's sent. Weird. She's she's been like a huge, huge YouTube fan. Uh, like since late seventies, like back when they really, really first started. Uh, thus, his son is named Bono. That's just why, saying, right. one of the reasons my kid's name is Bono. So she sends me this big long text, like, you know, it's just amazing how people can just get a platform and just start a podcast and just <laughs> and just say whatever they want when they don't know what the fuck they're talking about, and oh. they just this and that and that and that and that and that and that and that. And I texted back to her. I said, "Oh, who's shitting on you too?" <laughs> Because usually uh, when somebody says right. when when someone says anything bad about you too, boy, I mean she just goes <laughs> shit. And then she sent me a link to your podcast, and she goes, "Actually, it's you, smartass," and sends it. And I'm like, "What the hell? What's going on here?" And listen. And so then, of course, I jumped on right away. Like, oh, I gotta hear this. This is great. But she was going crazy. But. Um, uh, a couple things I was going to say about that is is part of that whole being a brand new band when we first started getting signed and all that. Yeah, I did count on Marla for writing. She's a good writer uh, with She's me a, a lot because at that time I didn't really consider myself much of a lyricist at all. And there was literally times we were in the studio and I'm like Dude, in the vocal booth, <laughs> like <don't> <laughs> trying to record. And I think I did finally... I'm trying to think if I had a cell phone. God, it was so long ago. I might have had like a. Anyway, somehow this I early. was early. I think it was actually phone. Call. I don't think I had a cell phone. I think I would have to take a break from singing and go call her. And I would go call her. I would tell her, "Don't leave the house. Like, don't go grocery shopping." And it was those <laughs> kinds of days. Yeah, you know. Right. And I would literally take the phone at the studio and call her and be like, "Hey, we're on verse two. So what do you think, wow. like, should we say, like, and she'd be like, okay, I wrote some stuff since last we talked, which was like 20 minutes ago. What do oh. you think of this, 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 and that? And I'd be like, okay, I'd be writing it down. And then I'd be like, well, I don't know. That one word's weird. It's like, okay, st- stay at home. Don't leave. I would hang up and I would go sing it. I would, <laughs> I would sing what she fucking just told me to sing, you know? So she did actually have a hand in a bunch of the songs, uh, several of them. <clears throat> And uh, that's hard, by the way. Right. Oh, it was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. She would literally be at home like and I would just phone would ring. I would at 11 at night. Hey, I need a second verse for black ice. Uh, So work on that. I think we're going to do it tomorrow. Click. 
Okay. She's <laughs> she would be wow. like, I don't, she wasn't there. She wasn't in the spirit. She wasn't talking to Joe. She wasn't working with the band. She's just at home in Springfield, Missouri on the couch, like sipping, you know, probably wasn't even sipping wine. No, then. we were such good. We were such good Christian kids. Good Christian um, kids. probably watching no something kids. on TV. No kids yet. No kids yeah. yet. And she would just get an 11 o'clock at night phone call. Like I need a second verse to, to black eyes. All right, like, let's grab that. And then she pen. would write and she always wrote pretty long form. And then I would basically just edit it. I would chop okay. it back into being like a verse or a chorus. Because I, I can't tell you how many times like I've been like, this syllable doesn't sound right for a song, uh-huh. like, you know, and like just struggle over a syllable. Yeah. To, you know, yeah. So to, to, to be able to go into a booth and just and, and to construct that together is. is... Well, it worked out kind of cool because the fact that she didn't even know how the song went. Yet, right. <laughs> she was just writing words. She was just yeah. writing words. And, and so lots of them. She would just write just like a, basically just kind of like a mind dump, you know, mm-hmm. onto a page. Then I would take 20 lines that she just sent me. And I've got to get this in two lines. Right here. So mm-hmm. I would just go in and start crossing out stuff that wasn't mm-hmm. important. And that's how we wrote Violet. So when you listen to the song Violet, which I think is a good counterpart. You skipped You, you guys skipped it on we your show. But, song. but I know. <laughs> right? I know. Fair. I got a comment but, about but Violet, Violet in a minute. But Violet is kind of like an amazing counterpoint to the bald women yes okay yes so the whole song and not a lot of christian bands were covering this subject at the time violet is basically about these women who get with these fucking douchebags and destroy their soul and their guts from the inside out by treating them like shit and they're just left with nothing and the chorus of that song is little flower lift your face you know stand in the shower of god's grace because uh, we were very pro women need to be treated like goddesses. Mm-hmm. The Women of Zion song was specifically done sarcastically, uh, and that's why even musically it was done sarcastically. And but Violet fun was... fun of the fact that, that was in a Bible verse. Right. Yeah, but I mean, and we covered that, but Violet was specifically like, no, this is actually what we really think mm-hmm. you know and and yeah. how we really feel like women should be treated and marla and i worked on that song together she would send me a giant whole page of stuff Shit and tons. so you can hear it when i'm singing it petals of a gesture fall tokens costing her soul hat in hand she stands under the weight of regret now i Do you have that came up to you what was that Do you have that in front of you or did you no, just no, that? no, no, I'm not. just, no, I still remember it. I'm yeah. just, I was wow. pointing at a paper just to kind of, <laughs> no, it's um, not right here, but you can hear it kind of being spoken in these fragmented mm-hmm. kind of sentences. Right, yeah. What I got from Marla was like, you know, there's a girl who received the flowers and the petals fell at the floor and at her feet, she was heartbroken. And she, I just had a fucking two paragraphs of shit. And I was like, Marla, I, I've only got like 30 seconds to right. get this in there. But that's how it, it worked that way. Mm-hmm. It worked that way. So I would just take her big, long, full page and a half poem. And that's why it sung so broken like that. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, the most important thing about these first four lines is petals of a gesture fall. You know I'm talking about a flower. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but when Marla wrote it, it was like the the petals of a flower, blah, 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 blah. So I really would do just a lot of editing to her lyrics. <clears throat> and that's why she's got so much writing credit on the record. And she should. And it was And she great. should, yeah. No, she saved our ass sometimes. <laughs> this is not about me, but I just want to go with this, this song, Violet, because when I... I, I had to sing. I had to keep singing. I had to be in a band. I had to do something when it came to singing. I'm a well, vocal teacher too. Like, like the I, song Violet was your life story. So, the song Violet was my freaking life. Two times over, three times over, in a way. And I actually, which is weird. I already when I met you, I had purple hair. And yeah, before we even knew, be, yeah. before woke people started going crazy colors, I was I had purple hair. Yeah, and so so you I, left that guy and you started a band. And I started a band. And the name of that band is Violet, <laughs> named after the Johnny Q Public song. Interesting. Because of that, and for many many of our shows that we started, we played that song before we even took the stage. Because so, yes, I was just going to ask how you. You already said that you know you didn't grow up in this world, so how yes. did you encounter the song? The song, the the song Violet from yeah. Johnny Q. Okay, so that comes from meeting Dan and Marla, mm -hmm. and they kind of helped me through the breakup with the last guy. Okay, and and we told her that we were on MTV. <laughs> <laughs> good question. I was like, I was like, oh my god, you're so That's cool, good. and. So in, in my uh, horrible decisions and shitty relationships before, now, now I've, always, I've always pursued with singing, and singing has kept me alive in my shitty relationships. 15 years with that guy, seven years with this guy, whatever. All this is, is when I was on stage, I was me. And so the song Violet, if you guys go revisit that and you listen to the lyrics of the song Violet, mm -hmm that's my absolute story she little flower lift your face because that's what i always did oh yeah and I, i'm glad we're talking about this because see in, in, our, in our podcast you know we're looking at this we're, we're looking at this back in time right yeah where yep. where bald woman was a silly song that too many yep. people sing like it was silly but fine you know right and that's where art is hard right you never know how people are going to interpret your art <laughs> right true um true. you know but that yeah so so you know violet violet i guess didn't make an impact on us when we were kids probably you know so which is why it certainly got, yeah yeah yep i can see that yeah so i i was joking earlier when i said that you guys just shit on records <laughs> um i was just kidding just trying to get a laugh but <laughs> but you did say that you've gotten email Mm. About like, I can't listen to you because you're so negative. So, <clears throat> I mean, and you generally... And I listened to seven episodes today. Wow. Like, like, like not all of them, obviously. Yeah, we're <laughs> able to work while we're in the shop. Yeah. So we, we can listen to podcasts I, I'm like I'm sanding the shit out of fucking wood and all I got is my headphones on, whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. Did you God, hear the episode? Do where... they like anything? Is Did you hear anything? the episode where Clifton shit on female singers? Yes. <laughs> oh, 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 boy. <laughs> He's mm. like, I'm just not into women singing. Then I wasn't. <laughs> then I wasn't. Then, then I was. Then. Uh -huh. okay, was that okay. Three months yeah. ago? No, when I was, when I was, when I was 17. <laughs> just saying. 
<laughs> just playing. But I am, yeah. I actually am seriously interested in like the, the, that format. I mean, yeah. because yeah, you guys are, I mean, you're pretty negative. Like, uh, <laughs> See, I don't feel that. <laughs> I feel like feel we celebrate that? all of this. Yeah, How it's funny. I, I, yeah, I don't totally feel Go, either. Jay. Go, Jay. Go. No, I just, I, that's funny. I don't feel it either. I feel like we, we try to always find the positives too. Now, some of it though is like, like we did the first Audio Adrenaline album, like right. the first yeah. one, the self like, And you guys were, you guys were nicer on them than you were extraordinary. Right. Were and we really? Like, oh my gosh. You were like, oh, I've got fond memories of Big House being like the youth group anthem. And then you're like, shit on Donahue Public. <laughs> Just, oh my gosh. I was like, we were so, so much funny. better than Audio Adrenaline's you, first record. You're right. Absolutely. And, absolutely. Totally. First and off, that yeah. was not intentional if we, that's funny. Okay. But, but here's, here's the weird <laughs> thing, because I went back. I went back today and also re-listened to our episode on 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 on, on Johnny Q Public. Yeah, and, nice. And I thought to myself, I'm so glad that we were nicer than I thought we were. <laughs> <laughs> Which I will say, you weren't. You didn't shit on the whole thing. I, I, no. I will say, you didn't shit on the whole thing. And and ultimately, what what award did you give? What award did you give? Uh, what was it? Oh, it's uh, this is Jay's I, album, so I think Jay gave the award. I'm not gonna know, but I think you helped me come up with it. The knot is oh, not as spiky as it, <laughs> not as pointy, not, pointy, as yeah. pointy. <laughs> not as pointy. There was even a you made a fucking graphic, did, yes, did. <laughs> not as pointy, not as which, pointy. You know what's interesting is I will dig that, I will dig that all day long because I will agree. <clears throat> Knowing Dan, and I had nothing to do with any of this back then. Mm -hmm. I've only discovered it in the last six, seven years. Mm -hmm. 11 years. Fuck, how long have we known you? <laughs> oh, 10, Jesus years. Christ. Um, but not as pointy is actually pretty cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Because they wanted to be pointy, but they had this bar mm -hmm. that was maybe set and maybe this thing that they had to do they they were fucking deal with toby and well you made a <laughs> yeah. we, we actually didn't deal with toby he was I, they goatee let us do whatever I, we wanted i got you but but i know what you're saying because i think jay, uh jay made a point i think um in the episode about like you know this is this is a record that's like a church singing to the choir or you oh, know, preaching, to the, choir. preaching yes. to the choir yes. like yes. Um, and it was, it was, that was an interesting point that he made because when, when we were doing it, we totally did think that we were going to be more evangelical and mm -hmm. we, we're the type of band that could play in nightclubs for the, mm -hmm. for the lost. We're going to play and for we'll, the lost. We'll get them. We'll get them. Yeah. And Jay was like, no, this is like a Christian record for Christian kids. kids. I mean, just, and young, the way that he, young kids. Yeah. The way that he actually, well, I think I said went, that part. The young oh, kids. Oh, you, that might've been you. Yeah. You guys talked about it together, yeah. whatever yeah. it was. And it was like, um, that was a, I kind of was, it was a little sobering to hear because I'm like, well, yeah, I guess you're right. Like I tried to be poetic. I tried mm -hmm. not to have JPMs. Right. You know, that annoyed me. I wanted it to be more sort of edgy. I wanted to shit on the church a little bit. Mm -hmm. You wanted to I, be pointy. I, I really, I wanted to be pointy. Yeah. yeah. 
and you so, were you were in many ways and in in my head at that time i was just i was razor sharp pointy mm -hmm. but but as you do listen to every song being very kind of church uh i'm you know i'm i'm this is something that only church people would even know what the hell i'm talking about like the song scream you know, I've, I of course one. thought Scream was pointy as hell, but it's totally they called a, it boring. It's totally a praise song. I mean, it's a it's a praise and worship song. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just different. It's right. different. So the not as pointy award uh, is just perfect. I think it was perfect. <laughs> sure. I, I, I mean, it was yes. a tough pill. It was a tough pill to swallow. But in the, when you <laughs> analyze yourself, I had to stop the table saw. And right. think about oh. it. Right. <laughs> I, I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that a lot of this is inextricably mixed up into our interpretation as 14, 15, 16 year old kids also. Right. Which is part right. of what we're doing with the podcast. Right. We're, we're, I think we say in the intro, you know, that, that, that we're reliving and recontextualizing, you know, the stuff that we right. grew up with. Right. And so, you know, it, when we go back and listen to this, I think the not as pointy thing was really more aimed at like when we were 15 years old and we listened to this yep. or maybe 14 for us, it yeah. seems like the edgiest thing we'd ever heard. Right. 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 right yes. Right. Yeah. And then and reliving it. Correct. You're, you're like, like huh. mm. right. And I think that's all I'm, I'm uh, like kind of asking sort of and challenging is like, so then, so then what actually is the overall sort of goal of your show um, because like I said earlier, when I go back and listen to audio adrenaline's big house, mm -hmm. like I am, I am bouncing off the walls. I fucking love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Love it. I mean, you spin me an old school Petra. So I'm going to see Petra Saturday in two days, in two days. and I am going to have the best night of he's, 2021. He's gonna geek out. So I'm going to fucking love watching these 70 year old dudes up there singing right. fucking beat the system. It's going to be great. <laughs> Like I have, and I totally get that the the mind fuck of the church, the the shitty production of Christian music in general. That's kind of always been a thing, right? Um, and the sort of almost twisted, weird the way we were all being manipulated. You mm -hmm. know, I wasn't that much older than you guys when you were fans of Johnny Q Public, right. and I was in Johnny Q Public. Right. I was still going through that mind fuck manipulation of like, you better say it this way. Yeah. You better keep it this slant. Mm -hmm. you, you you better not challenge or question too mm -hmm. much. Yeah. Um. So we were always walking this thin line of like. And so, yes, that did exist. Mm -hmm. And I understand it when I, when I, you know, am sitting with this girl drinking wine out of a coffee cup. I'm, I'm like, I understand why you're doing this. I still yeah. think it's bullshit, but I understand it. It's all good. Yeah. We're good. Yep. <laughs> and so instead of, for me, instead of going back and just being, I, I where is the where is the the road mm -hmm. like is it is it is it to expose how weird and funky it all was or is it just that you're both two negative bitter dudes that want to just shit on everyone or is it no i mean i'm just throwing scenarios i'm yeah, like yeah. or is it actually got like comedy and sarcasm and you're just it's just totally entertainment you know what i mean like yeah. uh 
I, honest question. I think it's like maybe a little bit of all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we called it your music saved us because, you know, there's a surface level like, you know, evangelical being saved, all that. And mm-hmm. then there's another level of we're really grateful to a lot of these bands for just exposing us to a different style of music that we'd never heard growing mm-hmm. up in the youth group in yeah. church. And then I think there's even a deeper level maybe of just some of the ideas that we got from a lot of these artists that were kind of pushing the boundaries and we're doing stuff that was different and we're mm-hmm. kind of poking, you know, under the big top, poking fun yep. at this stuff, opened our minds to some things and thank God helped us like kind of journey out mm-hmm. of some of that. Exactly. And so I think looking at it now, we're like, we're looking back on the music, which we appreciate fondly a lot of times still. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, Body yeah. B is a great example. Like it's a great song. We still like listening to it but we're also kind of coming at it like critiquing the lyrics and kind of maybe critiquing more like the evangelical christianity behind it like trying yes. to say like what is this show about the culture at the time and what can we learn from that part of our goal is to use the music to also talk about the culture yeah so yeah, when yeah. we get into negative yeah. things we're almost always digging into the culture yeah. Right. right. Like Clifton kind of went on a rant. It really wasn't about Johnny Q Public. It Correct. was more about like the culture. Yeah. yeah. My right. rant, yeah. My rant yes. was not about that song. My rant right. was about the culture that made that song be interpreted Allowable. the way it was. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. He just got a yeah. little too energetic with his fuck you, Johnny. <laughs> yeah. Maybe so. I was laughing. I was, was belly good. laughing okay, when, it, when it happened. He's no, no, on no. the table saw. I'm sanding something. And he's this like, is, whoa! And this is why I ask because, like, even in my podcast now and even in my life, I am, I am just, I'm larded. I just larded. learned this today. We, we learned that today. Yes. I am larded with sarcasm and like wanting to push buttons and wanting to say, you know, I'll say shit like fuck Eddie Van Halen. I hate <laughs> that guy. I'll say things like that on my podcast just because I know people are going to be like, what the, what the fuck, fuck, man? I love Van Halen. I was like, ah, fuck <laughs> Eddie Van Halen. I, uh, you know, Led Zeppelin sucks too. Who cares? <laughs> I kind of like doing those kinds of things just for the sole purpose of generating conversation mm-hmm. because I, I, you know, I've had so many Led Zeppelin fans, um, you know, go straight, on the defense. Oh yeah. And when they go on the defense, then I'll, I'll push them even harder and I'll keep pushing them to like, keep telling me why you like these guys so much. And Mm -hmm. then by the end of the conversation, I'm like, okay, you made some good points, Yeah, which, which I wouldn't have gotten had I not pushed that button. Right. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Which is exactly why I wanted to contact you guys and talk to you because I'm like, I, I'm not, I'm not criticizing your show. I'm not criticizing your episode about me. I actually really, really (laughs) enjoyed it. I appreciated all the, uh, the research, all these things we've already told you, but, but it totally made me be like, well, come on, let's talk to him. And that's, that's actually a good thing. I mean, sometimes being negative quote unquote, or, or shitting on something or whatever you want to call it. Sometimes that can be the very thing that'll make people go, hey, yeah. Right. That yeah. audio adrenaline record did suck. <laughs> right. In fact, like, I- and we should talk about it. I mean, I just think it's kind of humorous that you're, you're, um, you're reviewing records that are 25 years old. That sounds like, dated. It sounds dated. Yeah. yeah it's I think one of you said, 25 I, years ago. I think one of you said, Dan's vocals on Preacher's Kids sounds sound kind of dated. dated. 
I'm like, well, no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> it's 25 years. That's like calling the Beatles dated. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. Because it was. It, it kind of sounds like I wanna hug you. Of course, it's dated. <laughs> I thought that I, was funny. I the, the the few notes that that I took before uh, getting on here. My first note is: Are we going to fight? <laughs> <laughs> no fighting, man. No fighting. I love it. Yeah, and and you know, I loved I, it. I just I I actually am trying to say that yeah. I kind of appreciate the the poke and the bear a little bit. Yeah, because that's that's what's going to kind of generate real conversation if you guys had a podcast where you're just reviewing you know dc talks new thing right and you're and you're telling me everything about it was fucking amazing <laughs> i would be like no right right five minutes done right yeah and the the fun thing for me is that even as negative as we are sometimes and i, I could agree that we are negative sometimes I came out of, for example, this album, I came out of it appreciating it more than I did when I was 15, you know? Uh -huh. Yeah, me yeah. too. Uh -huh. yeah. There, there's there's parts of this that, like, that I, I couldn't have appreciated when I was 15. Right, sure. right, you know? right. Sure. And, 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 and I think the other side of that is that I want to say real fast is that I don't know about Jay, but for me, you know, we take two weeks to prepare for these. So we, we, we do an episode every two weeks. So, nice. Um, you know, we literally record, you know, I, I'm typically like a few days behind because I do the editing, but you know, we have two weeks to listen to these, do the research, all this kind of stuff. Right. Which is, seems like a lot of time, but then like a month after we record, I'm like, you know, that one lyric was really more subversive than we thought it was. You know? Oh yeah. We right. always, we have regrets every yep. time. Yes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I get it. You guys would have, way, go ahead. Like, I feel like, I feel it's like any podcast, I feel like we're hopefully getting better as we go. You know, yeah. I'm sure yeah. you guys sure. know what that's sure. like. And yep. we, the weird thing, at least for me, and I think Clifton probably agrees that we weren't necessarily anticipating is we're finding a lot of like kind of themes throughout these like mm -hmm. common themes, more reflective of like the culture at the time, not, not necessarily like musically, but just right. like the stuff they're talking about. In some ways, I think that's made us more negative because we're like, oh, shit, this is coming yeah. up again. Like, whatever, we like were patriarchy or whatever it is, yeah, you know, yeah, it comes up again in the song and you're like. But especially the treatment of yeah. women has come up so many times that when yeah, that comes like, up, it's a little bit triggering for us now. I think where we're just like, again, really, guys? Yeah, like, like you know, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We were like, you know, teenage guys completely oblivious to mm -hmm. it or probably part of it at the time. But now looking back right. on it, yeah, we see right. it in this stuff. And we're like, ooh. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah, yeah. we're probably more negative than we would initially be. It's just because it's like, oh, this is the 10th album we've heard. And I, think it's, I think it's okay because the... <laughs> I will say, let me add that. Let me add that a little bit because there <laughs> you need to be negative because yeah. there was some shit even as short ago as 25 years. <laughs> There was some shit that needs to be corrected. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So the negativity that might come, especially in the fucking Bible range, there, there's a lot of shit in the Bible from mm -hmm. over 2,000 years ago <laughs> that's absolutely shitty for women. It's not yeah. woke. 
It's not woke. <laughs> That's for sure. It's not woke at all. And, so, I, and I think too that as being a you know quasi participant in it, I, I think that, and I would almost speak on behalf of probably most of the bands releasing music. Then, um, is we didn't we didn't know. But, right. I mean, yeah. this is to this is to your point. Right. Is that it? Some things were actually just so like normal given right just given. that like we didn't think we would be ruffling any feathers no. to sing bald women no. Like, right. no one's gonna everyone's gonna think it's funny right and and right. so yeah now to look at it from 2021 it's kind of like oh yeah dude no you can't do that <laughs> but like, i will dude, that song say, started getting played on the radio yeah. i'm not kidding exactly you. it Un started getting played more than body b yep like yeah. even on our local radio station, they started putting it in rotation. And mm -hmm. we were like the Sod Brothers. <laughs> we were like, no, we didn't even record that song for Extraordinary. Right, right. We recorded it to be a joke. Mm -hmm. And then when Joe heard it, he was like, I think we should put Let's it on the it. record. And we were like, uh, I don't know about that. But it was just made to be fun and funny and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Then radio stations started playing right. it. It's like, what's that band that... Um, is like super hardcore, but their one song got big. Um, and it was like a, oh gosh, I'm not going to think of it. Um, Are we not talking about Metallica? No. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we're not talking about Christian. It was like one of those kind of ska typey bands that kind of had like a, I don't know. Their one big song was like just pop is shit. And then the whole rest of their record and every mm -hmm. record they've ever done is just like this big, heavy shit. <laughs> yeah. So then like you go buy the record and you're right. Like, and you, yeah, what the, Meh. that yeah. was happening. That was happening with freaking women of Zion. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow. we were, we were trying, I was actually calling our radio station, like, stop playing that song. Stop please. Playing that song. Like that's that not is us. not meant that's to not be us. a single. It was meant to just be like a jokey little funny thing. Please. Mm -hmm. We almost got popular more because of that song. Right. Yeah. And then our whole record would have gone down the toilet. All the hard work we put into actually trying to be, um, you know, helpful or inspirational mm -hmm. or, or, you know, something for kids to hold on to, uh, you know, this is my band kind of like I used to be with Petra. Right. It would have all gone down the damn toilet if that song would have blown, um, and that was just a some a live and you know live and learn, right? Yeah, uh, for us because I would have never thought somebody would start playing that. Yeah, uh, and that's where you you had walked away for a second when I said that's kind of the that's kind of one of the ways that where art is hard. You never know how people are going to interpret it, you know. So yeah, 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 yeah. And so uh, it was weird. And it's yeah. it's very interesting with the Christian market it's so touchy and that song itself and i can hear it with my ears now and just go yeah that's totally fucking silly not yeah. necessary and yeah. we weren't doing we weren't even doing it to be on the record right it was that song was always meant to be private between right. me and oren and yeah. sean yeah yeah <laughs> we were just doing it to be funny yeah yeah and, and and then somehow it got like, out okay. there and it's like oh, before boy. we go i know we've been here for a long time but i want to touch on quite possibly for me it's been called the greatest shit. christian rock song ever written it has been called not that. by me by who just by people okay <laughs>
you guys kind of sort of just kind of just kind of kind of kind of skipped over as i pray okay hmm. i don't remember that one for me which track would is I, it? I remember it which track yeah. um i don't know i think it's Four. right after okay. no after it's right after black eyes right before no oh it's okay. after uh, black eyes okay nice and that song for me because it has such deep meaning lyrically again marla was a big point of this but mm -hmm. also brad going back to before dan and marla were together brad was a musician who wrote these lyrics ish and brad and marla were a thing and he died in a car wreck when he was 20 years old oh wow yes they were due to be married when they were very young he, that was Oren's brother you were Oren's older Oren's brother. oldest okay. brother and Dan and Marla didn't even really know each other but Dan was in a band with Brad hmm. um and so just just to give a little lovely nugget of history is that uh, you're you're better you're better because I, I wasn't there you're yeah. better well, but I guess I just, Brad I just, wrote some lyrics that ended up becoming up. the chorus of this song. Right. Um, and so that that was really cool. And he was a, a beautiful human. He was a wonderful. I thought you guys would appreciate this. Oh. This is uh, the handwritten lyrics hmm. from Brad Thornton, which is Orn's brother. I don't know if my camera's going to come yeah. up or not. Yeah. But uh, that was a page out of his notebooks, and it's got right here in the middle – um, it's that part about, uh, if I can read it, keep me in your presence. Hmm. Don't let me fall away for my lack of understanding is impatient and demanding and driving my soul astray. That was the, um, nuts and bolts, nuts and bolts. Um, so yeah, he was a big part of kind of like, uh, because it was Orrin's brother, our guitar player. And you were brother. in a band with him. I was in a band with him way before Johnny Q. Public. And way before and, you and uh, Marla were a thing. And we tried to write this song like four different times. <laughs> I have like a couple versions of it that was before what it became. So that song became a real special thing. Um, I had a guy come up to me after a show one time who was in the military and he actually was in combat. This is after you were, let's, let's, let's bring it up. After you were, or it was already on Extraordinary. Yeah. Um, and you were doing a show where? Do you I know where? Hell, I don't know. Somewhere in the U.S. She does this shit to me. I don't know where I was. I, I know my shows. Kentucky, but. Ohio, Missouri. I don't know where I was. <laughs> Not the point. This guy comes up to me, and he's he was actually in the military. He actually was in combat. And he told me, um, while I was in combat, I For used to sing part. As I Pray in my head. Uh, literally bullets fucking flying by this dude. He's like, I just sang that song. The first goal for Figuring that I, you know, was going to die that day. Wow. So I was just sort of like, well, shit, shit, don't tell bro. me this shit. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. Right. So that was a, you know, there was, there was stuff like that that really needs stories. I will say that yeah. throughout all yeah. this, uh, muckery that we're talking about here. There, there were some things that I think were kind of uh, jewels, you know, little <laughs> handful of jewels I still have from my time in Johnny Q. I think a lot of it was BS. I think the industry 
was a lot of BS, you know. Um, I think a lot of the culture that you're talking about that we're mm. shooting holes in, I agree. <laughs> but there is there's a handful of jewels I got that I'm glad I have. Yeah, uh, and it's yeah. stories like that, and I have a I have many more. Somebody um, gave you their sobriety chip. Yeah, I got a guy that wow. was, he was uh, like six months sober and he, he earned a uh, this coin. It was kind of mm -hmm. like a medal. And he gave me his medal. He said, I wouldn't have been able to stay sober without your music. Yeah. And I was wow. like, all right. I, uh, okay. I took that. And so I, you know, I got a lot of fun stuff like that. And we had a, a lot of good times. And some of the stuff I'm not super proud of, I, I, but I also didn't know any better. And I'm not using that mm -hmm. as an excuse. And I'm also not talking about women design. I'm talking about just <laughs> yeah. the life and the, the yeah. doing it and the touring and some mm -hmm. of the stuff I said from stage. I'm just like, oh, God, I can't believe I said some of those things. I do have all those things. Yeah. Um, some of them I kind of legitimately regret. But I also give myself a little bit of a pass just yeah. because um, I didn't know what the hell I was doing either. I don't think right. any of us did. I don't no. think any of us really yeah. did. You know? And that's something we talk about every once in a while is just that every, everyone else is kids, right? This right. is kids trying to teach kids how to be humans that's kind of wrapped up in this industry of, 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 of you know, Jesus is per minute, you know? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And 100%. That's, that's the hard part. But, and then the other side of it, the other side of your music saved us is what you just said that like, Music has been so important to me to getting me through hard times and through and through just, you know, just just being the 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 crutch I can fall on and all kinds of stuff. And 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 for us and for me, at least I can say that it's this music that we're doing on this podcast. This is that's where it started, you know? Yeah. 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 And you're just reevaluating it as an adult, as right. a 40 year old. Exactly. Whatever. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I just find it crazy. Uh, how many people I've met, uh, including you guys now too, uh, where we we find ourselves at forty and fifty years old, going like, eh, yeah. eh. <laughs> whatever it is. I'm I'm agnostic. I'm atheist. I'm yeah. I'm not into it anymore. I can't go to church. I can't. Go. There's a lot. There's a mm -hmm. lot of that, and I I think that just because of that. Um, it's been interesting for so many of us now to take a platform and to be like, Hey, I got a little something to say about this, by the I, way, just so it yeah. doesn't get swept under the rug. Um, <laughs> fuck this. And, <laughs> yeah. and what, you know, what in the world was it? I don't, I don't think we could point a finger at anybody to blame. <laughs> we sort of all did it together, but at the same time, it's like, it doesn't appear to have helped any of us. I mean, I, I really don't think that uh, the 90s Christian kids are like still doing it. Right. I mean, on a percentage basis, I, I'm shocked sometimes when I talk to somebody that was a Christian friend of mine in 95. I'm shocked when I find out they're still into it. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Me too. I'm surprised how many are still kind of just you know gone. doing oh. that stuff. Yeah. Even <laughs> yeah. musicians and stuff that are still and maybe <laughs> and maybe it's the money. Some of them have gotten so big that that's like that's what they have to do, yeah. whether right, they believe right. it or not. But some right. I think genuinely do, and I, I'm with you. It surprises yeah. me too. But yeah, 
Yeah. And, and you, you know, know they, even the Christian part of it doesn't like bug me. It's just the fact that you're, you're not even questioning. Mm-hmm. You're not yeah. even ans- asking questions. Yeah. You're not seeking a, you know, more truth or different right. truth or other perspectives. Right. You're still right on that. Like, how you doing, brother? I'll, I'll have some old John Q fan guy. This is very rare, oh, but really? hey, yes. man, you still, you know, you still believe. And I'm like, don't make me answer that <laughs> question. Right, yeah. I just right. like you're so excited that my faith know. is still intact, and I just hate to bum you out, but it's right. kind of not. Yeah, I mean, not not in that way. <laughs> so right. it's that kind of stuff is just kind of funky. Yeah. I don't know. And you, you, you know, you said a second ago that it, that it didn't work, and I'm gonna I'm gonna reinterpret here a little bit and say that I think it did work. I think, like I said, this music this music has a place in our heart because it did work to some, like it may not have accomplished the goals that it was that, that the people writing it may have think thought that they were doing or that the record executives thought that they were doing, you know, or who knows what anybody thought what they were doing. Right. But it's still great music. That is something like you said, you can, you can put on, you can put on Petra and still scream along to it and love it. And right. Just, right just lose yourself in it and that's what i think that's that's 90 percent of it there you know yeah. i think I mean, that's a just, wonderful interpretation of yes. what i just said because yeah. i'm i'm always too harsh when i say things <laughs> you're totally right it completely worked i mean i i would not be the same person i am today without having had that you know 10 15 years from me right listening to christian music and mm-hmm loving God in those venues. At least I wasn't out doing drugs and impregnating girls and, you know, doing these kinds of things. I kind of kept my shit together because of the Christian music industry. Yeah. Yeah. I think I could just very honestly say that. Yeah, that's fair. I just think some of the overarching principles maybe didn't stick. Yeah. Uh, but, but maybe it's because they were bullshit. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. It's kind of funky. Did you make it? It's over. Congratulations. You listened to the entire interview. Behind the next door is a monster. <laughs> Wait, is that how it goes? I forget. Okay. So thanks for uh, spending this time with us. If you have uh, any questions or comments or want to tell us that that interview was great or horrible, you can email us at your uh, at uh, your music saved us at gmail.com. You can go on our website, yourmusicsavedus.com. We're on internet. Oh, we're on the internet. We're on uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Anything else, Jay? Uh, we need to plug Dan's podcast. So Dan and Tara's podcast is Unsung Dreamers, uh, where they basically have conversations, kind of like we did just for that right there, with people who have uh, been part of the industry over the years and have either had their dreams come true or not have their dreams come true. And uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. Go over and give it a listen. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Bye.